This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from a constantly evolving catalog of anime merchandise such as toys and books, Japanese snacks, anime computer games, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all of your anime shopping needs. In front of me here, we've got a bunch of food strewn about okay you can probably yeah. see we've got the little grill thing going on there i don't know what this is i know nothing about cooking uh i managed clearly to practically burn my house down trying to reheat pizza so <laughs> oh, i no. won't be messing confession. with this but chiaki will triple a podcast confession right there kazuo cannot cook cannot you cook. are a moe girl uh, <laughs> that is that is uh more accurate than i'd like it to be you are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. What is up, everybody? It is so good to be back. This is the 278th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, and I have returned with glorious purpose. Return of the Kazuo. <laughs> my name is Kazuo, and I am joined today by my lovely co-host, Chiaki. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here. And uh, it's, great, it's great to have you, and it's great to be here with you. It's great to have you here with me. It is also here. great, although not as great, but close. To be here with Mitsugi. Oh, Mitsugi? you know, you know, I'm not much quite sure how I feel about that. <laughs> it's still good to be here with you. I'm just saying, if I had to compare, I just noticed I'm looking at the live cam and uh, Mitsugi missed the blue shirt memo. Oh my god! Oh, oh yeah, you're both god. wearing the exact same blue colored shirt. We've I done, done this. That. We've done this before with the neon yellow. We shirts. have. Yeah, we know. We know what's up. We we're on the we, same. We, we know how to maintain synergy in a podcast. Speaking of podcasts, <laughs> you can find us broadcasting live every Sunday at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 9 o'clock GMT, if you're crazy, um, at youtube.com slash C slash AAA podcast. Is that right? I, Seems yes, right. Yes. Just look up AAA podcast on YouTube. You'll find us. You know uh, how to use the interweb, of course, citizen. I don't. I don't know how to use computers. We learned this just a few moments ago. <laughs> um, also, you can find us at aaapodcast.com. That's our homepage. That's where you can find our forums and chat with us and a bunch of the other listeners. We're on iTunes. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at AAA Podcast. Uh, my friend here, Chiaki, is on Twitter at Elise Kova. Yeah, That's got a lot going on over there, so I'm very excited right now. Awesome. Yes, I know. You got your whole book thing going on. Yeah, I'm cover reveal stoked. in less than a week. Cannot wait. Uh, you can find me at AA Cosmo if you'd like to listen to me ramble on about nothing. Um, another thing we want to mention, of course, is our Patreon. Uh, you may have heard us talk about this in prior episodes or some of the uh, little audio things or the the funny commercial that we put out um you can go to patreon.com slash aaa podcast that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com yep um and donate to the show you can subscribe we've got a bunch of stuff that we're putting out oh, yeah. uh, i just recorded the first um episode by episode breakdown of uh, a, a series it's actually an older o oav called golden boy which i'm sure you guys have all heard of i am so excited to hear your thoughts on so this. educational so it's 
I'll tell you right now, that video that I recorded today, which will be up on Wednesday, is so, so educational. educational. And you know what? It was the listeners that made that happen because the Patreon page has been wildly successful. I don't know if it was that crazy video we made. Everybody should go to the page at least just to watch the video. <laughs> yes. And because we hit, not only did we hit the first milestone already, which was Kazuo will do a live episode recap of a series every week, but we also hit the second milestone also which was we, we will be doing Chiaki on the Couch segments during the podcast. Yeah, regularly. And, Every week. And your podcast host actually went out yesterday and found a, ca- a couch for said segment. So yeah. that's going to be coming pretty soon. Awesome. Yeah, we've got a bunch of other offerings, too, that we're going to be providing. Uh, we've got bi-weekly hentai episodes, uh, which are on the way. We've also got on the opposite bi-weeks, bi-weeks? <laughs> is uh, uh, the after parties, which we're going to be doing one today. Yes. Um, we're yeah. going to have some unedited podcasts that uh, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you can you can get. You can get uh, 48 hour early releases of the podcast, ringtones, just a bunch of stuff that we're trying to give you. Again, we when we created the Patreon, we didn't want to take anything away. We just yeah. wanted to add to it. So and those of you who are here with us live today, you can hang out for the after party and get that live and e- whether or not you're a Patreon. It right seems now. like most people that are going to the Patreon are coming in at the uh, at the tier for the hentai episodes. You bunch of freaks. So uh, this is the only way you're going to be able to get the hentai episodes going forward. But the good news is that they're going to be twice a month now. So As opposed to twice a year. Exactly. So <laughs> if you were a fan of our hentai episodes, and there's pretty much no other podcast that does, that does them, mm-hmm. you can go to the Patreon and get them through there. And, Absolutely. And the listeners have also spoken when it comes to the hentai episodes, and I will be joining the hentai episodes. Yes. I have a question because we, we put up a poll on the website for the listeners to decide who they want to co-host the hentai episodes right. with, yes. Uh, yes. out of the existing podcast hosts. Did anyone vote for me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You okay. got a couple of votes, but Chiaki destroyed oh, all. Of destroyed everybody. Of Apparently, so. you guys want to know what my kinks are, and you know what? I'm ready to tell you. Nice. On a okay. hentai well, episode. Well, there's a there's <laughs> well, a there's a reason to subscribe right there. Absolutely. In order to subscribe to that, make sure you go to Patreon.com/slash AAA Podcast. Your contributions are greatly appreciated. Yeah, you guys have been great. It's 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 incredible. I, it, it's blowing my mind. Thank you so We've much. We've been texting each other all week, going. Are you kidding? Are you kidding right now? Are you kidding? So thank you, yeah. everybody. So so enough of plugging our own stuff. Uh, let's discuss what we're going to go over on today's <laughs> enough episode. Enough of plugging ourselves? Yeah. Let's, let's en- enough uh, self, self-stimulation. <laughs> uh, today is going to be a very interesting episode. Um, you probably can't see, but in front of me here, we've got a bunch of food strewn about. Okay, you can probably yeah. see we've got the little grill thing going on there. I don't know what this is. I know nothing about cooking. Uh, I managed Clearly. to practically burn my house down trying to reheat pizza, so <laughs> oh, no. I won't be messing confession. with this, but Chiaki will. Triple A podcast confession right there. Kazuo cannot cook. Cannot you cook. are a moe girl. Uh, <laughs> that is that is uh, more accurate than I'd like it to be. But you know what, Kazuo? The moe archangel rehabilitates moe girls to be functioning members of society <laughs> because we believe that they don't deserve to just be thrown into the pits of hell, but they right. can be... They can really? be rehabilitated. Okay. I can be uh, saved. So, so I can teach you today how to cook. That's amazing. Yeah. There so and she can teach you as well. Later on, we're going to be having Chiaki cook takoyaki, yes. which is awesome. I don't think I've ever had takoyaki. Not our listener takoyaki. I'm not cooking our listener. Oh, we're cooking the listener. <laughs> we're all, we're also, also going to be reviewing Akatsuki no Yona. Yes. yes. But, but um, I, I want to ask Chiaki. So, so, so you rehabilitate moe girls. Is that correct? Yes. So basically what you're saying is, is that you waste taxpayer money rehabilitating the moe girls while the Church of Mitsugi puts them to work in the slave labor mines of the anime hell 
which is basically bettering society. Actually, the way way that I look at it is those mines, if you pay very close attention to their balance sheets and where the taxes go Mm -hmm. and all of these secret PACs, super PACs and stuff like that, (laughs) I think more of the taxpayers' dollars are getting funded, funneled into those mines to keep them Mm -hmm. open, Mm -hmm. even though it's slave labor. Whereas I am creating functioning members of society that will continue to pay their dues for many years over. That's a good point. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm with her on this one. Okay. I, I appreciate her fiscal policies. Um, okay. So <laughs> Moe Archangel 2016. So before we, before we get into the, uh, the review, the main topic, we've got uh, some listener mail. We also have a five-star review, which was submitted by The Boss on the Block. So me being, a, me being a colossal nerd that I am, I've been into video games and anime for some time. I've also been listening to numerous gaming podcasts for nearly just as long, but I've only just started listening to anime podcasts. The AAA podcast is the first consistent anime podcast I've found and easily the best. Well, well thank you thank for so you. much for that. That's amazing. Keep up the great work, guys, and thanks for making my anime addiction worse. We will do our we best. We will be doing that exact yes. thing. Uh, we had no trivia this week. So see this. See, see, see this is what happens when you spend all of when you. I should say when you waste all of your time trying to to rehabilitate Moe girls. <laughs> you forget to put the trivia up. Wow. Waste. What? I already yeah. covered that. I am building a future for these girls. Gosh, Jockey, get, get it together with the website. And nobody cares. <laughs> it's not like I haven't been busy, you guys. I love how, for, for, for the listeners, Jockey uh, bit Mitsugi in my head off the other day when we were discussing things that need to be done on the website. <laughs> she's, she's definitely she, overworked. She's a little tense because of me. So um, He owns up to it. At least there's that. <laughs> so even though we don't have a, a weekly trivia, we do have an in-show trivia for today's episode. Uh, the trivia question is, what is the name of Hisoka's sticky superpower in mm-hmm. Hunter x Hunter? Now, we're going to answer that question at the end of the episode. I think God so, knows. So oh pon- <laughs> ponder over that one. Uh, we've got some new forum members as well. Uh, we have Zio Shing, uh, Megan Taylor. Megan? Megan? Megan Taylor? Might be Megan Taylor. Megan Taylor, I, I think. Know. Moxie Mouse and Maverick Hoopa. Uh, Interesting names. I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I don't know. I mean... I like Moxie Mouse, but not enough to waste my selection. Howdy, partner. I seen you riding in on that dusty trail. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the moe. Okay, so for the good and the bad in the melee this week, we're a little behind, but for our our good is that there has been a sequel to Shingeki Bahama Genesis announced. Ooh. Yes. So it is also being done by Studio Mappa, which maybe is putting Mappa on the map. <laughs> uh, Funimation has picked up the simulcasts already, so you can look forward to having your dubs of the uh, of, of Bahama Genesis. The story is, 2,000 years ago, the black and silver-winged dragon, Bahamut, terrorized the magical land of Mistarsia. The humans, gods, and demons that inhabited the land united forces against the fiend and sealed away its power into a key which was split in two, one half protected by gods and the other protected by demons. Now, Mistarsia is a peaceful realm until a human woman steals the god's half of the key. So... Most people re- remember Bahama Genesis from a couple seasons ago. It was a very fun 
series, and I think most of us are looking forward to seeing the sequel. So now, the synopsis that you just read, is that of the sequel? That's... No, that's the original. Okay, I was going to say, I'm like, that sounds eerily similar to the original. Yeah. So for the bad this week, I'm going to have to apologize to everybody who listens to this podcast and everybody who is related to someone who listens to this podcast. You should be ashamed of yourself. Because Maho Shoujo Lyrical Nanoha Vivid is a horrible piece of trash. It, it really is. Um, you know, I should have gone with, with Ghost in the Shell Arise, despite yep. the fact that it was an OVA of a show that basically already came out. Um, I, uh, you know, I really, I really, I think I would have gone with Comfer over, uh, over Nanoha Vivid. So, mm. so, you know, I passed it because of the assumption that the first three series were, the first three seasons were quite good. Yeah. And that we got some fairly promising action scenes in those first three episodes. You showed me a scene of the combat and it was pretty impressive. The so. reality, the reality of the situation is that it's an anime devoid of even the most meager drops of, of story. As, as of the end of episode seven, there is absolutely no story at all in the show. And the anime takes every single advantage that it can to show young girls in provocative situations. It's uh, ridiculous. A scene in which they manage to capture 10, 10, count them, 10 naked girls in one onsen bath scene. They're literally in camera, all 10 of them naked. Uh, an anime that uses a swimming scene, which included, and I'm shuddering as I speak, sub 10 year olds in bikinis, which is frightening. And Ikitosen-like damage done to clothing during battles. Oh my god, really? They have absolutely embarrassed the franchise of Nanoha, so that's quite sad. No, they updated it to be modern. Right. So for the, for the Moe, oh, Jesus. and you can take what you will with this, but I put this as the Moe because I'm trying to maintain my positive attitude towards the new Dragon Ball series. This cuts me deep. But this... They are. Did you know that the new that the new form of the Super Saiyan is called Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan, and it's bl- and Goku has blue hair. It's bad enough that we had Super Saiyan God, yes. which is basically Goku with red aura. Yes. Now it's Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. So, so so when you're Super Saiyan three or whatever, you can go Super Saiyan God, which we saw in, in Kami Tokami. But when you're Super Saiyan God, you can go Super Saiyan a second time. And become a Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan. You can go a and step I am beyond. not even shitting you. So the Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan uh, is the result of a Saiyan gathering the power of Super Saiyan God and then transforming into a Super Saiyan yet again. The form exceedingly surpasses its predecessor, Super Saiyan God, and the other Saiyan forms. It appears in Dragon Ball Z Resurrection of F. This so how form- long do you guys think it'll be until we get Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan 2? Oh no! <laughs> this form is oh, it's gonna happen. Is physically identical to the first form of the Super Saiyan. The aura itself is what changes, as opposed to the red-orange aura of the former God Super Saiyan. The Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan boasts <laughs> a vibrant. I'm not a vibrant. How many times are you gonna say Super right, Saiyan? Let me get through it. A vibrant flame-like blue aura that matches the new color of his hair, and I should add eyebrows and and eyes. Additionally, electricity discharges around the user, signifying the power's increase. Comp- this is compliments of the Dragon Ball Z wiki. I hate my life. So, I don't know. Take that take that with a grain of salt. But you're going to have to live with the fact that Goku now has blue hair. So. I'm blue. Well, now that we have ruined everyone's day. <laughs> and your childhood is <laughs> dead. <your> childhood. <laughs> Let's go into some mailbags. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. Anime. 
anime. Mailbag. Oh, uh, yeah. When we release a ringtone of that, I expect people to be doing, doing that the when their phone is ringing. <laughs> they don't even answer the phone. They just yeah, start dancing. Yeah, they just start dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so our first mailbag comes from Peter Wright AA. And uh, I guess I'll read this one. Uh, it says, Dear Anime Addicts, what do you think about the use of a narrator in anime? I understand that sometimes a director wants to add context for the viewer so he can follow what is going on during, it, during the anime. Most of the time, I don't mind what an anime... Wait, I'm sorry. I don't mind when an anime has a narrator, but I can remember some anime where the narration just seemed to distract or annoy me. I think a good example is the narrator during the first season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, where you have the narrator and two characters reacting and commenting on the action, which we can plainly see and understand happening. So, when do narrators add to the context, and when are they annoying and distracting? And do you have some good examples of this? I... I tend to think that a narrator is particularly unnecessary sometimes when there's plenty of characters in the show to, you know, demonstrate what is happening. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen some anime where there are very few characters and they require, and they don't do much talking and they require the narration to be done by, by a narrator. Uh, and I'm thinking of a lot of short animes. You know, there was the Mason and Petite Cubes and there was also that, and that dark, that very dark anime short comedy that has a narrator. And it works quite well in instances like that. I think I think anime like books to take it into to that medium. Books are oftentimes told in third person or for first person perspective. So third person is like she went, she did, and first person is I I am went. going, I went, I did. Um, and so I feel like if the anime is from more that first person perspective where it's really intimate with like the main character and you're right over their shoulder and you're in their head and the narration is from their perspective and it's really kind of giving you um, it's giving you more insight into the character and less about the story then I think narration is really strong. But I think when narration is just serving to explain stuff about the story because the original creators didn't want to explain it naturally that's kind of annoying i think with jojo it made sense actually because jojo's bizarre adventure of the anime is really trying to it's trying to maintain the style of a manga in the anime and that's mm-hmm. why you have a lot of text on the screen and you have the opening videos very manga-esque and i think that in the in the in manga you tend to sometimes you have a narrator in the manga you know they'll have like they'll have people's thoughts and speaking in like little like squiggly bubbles and then right. they'll have the narrator in like squares mm-hmm, if that makes sense yeah no absolutely they so, do that in american uh, comics as well yeah so i think they're try- they're using the narrator in the jojo anime to try to simulate and maintain that feel of a manga throughout mm-hmm. the anime so yeah. i think it makes sense there actually um, the count in the chat said that the space dandy narrator was very entertaining, and that's yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. And and a narrator can be very entertaining. They can be very insightful. They can be almost like a, a character themselves. Absolutely, which is what I would say the space dandy narrator. Absolutely. Is. Um, the one thing though is that, for me at least, when uh, a narrator is kind of exp- explaining what's going on in a show, it does for me kind of take me a little bit out of the experience of the show. Whereas. Um, it, some in, in a lot of shows when they're able to just kind of like uh, explain within the show what's going on, you stay immersed in it. The narrator kind of pulls you out into a third person view to where you're like observing a show as opposed to the other way where you feel like you're inside it. Well, that's creepy. <laughs> inside, you're in the show. Um, you're inside, but you're deep at, inside. At the same time, it's like which do you would you prefer a narrator explaining to you what's going on 
or a blatantly obvious piece of exposition in a show where a character just stops and is like, right. well, let me explain to you in detail what's going on. You Neither. Know, it's Let's like, go with actual storytelling. That's what, I, that's what I would prefer is when a show has you fully immersed, they don't need anyone to explain what's going on because you understand it as they're telling the story. How about when you have a character that acts as a narrator? Like in Inuyasha, mm. it is so insufferable. They'll be having a fight and he'll literally speak everything that's happening that's what i meant yeah yeah i'm like god shut up yeah it's it's obvious blatant exposition where you're you know the one ex- one character may be talking to another and just saying you know i was going to find the seventh uh deity and now i have to it's like okay whatever we, you should be able yeah. to explain this within the story itself yeah um okay so we've got another question here from eddie s chiaki do you want to go ahead and read that one uh sure i will read this one so Eddie is writes, hey, Chiaki, this is a Chiaki's mailbag of love question. Mm, hey, girl, you're looking so fine. There's all kinds of lovers out there. Moe lovers, Tsundere lovers, Bishi lovers. But you know what all these lovers love the most? Hmm, it's anime. It's time for Chiaki's bag of love. Because addicts need love too. Yeah, yeah they do. Aw, yeah. Thank you, Cram. So Eddie is right. So you can be serious or troll about this, but how do you actually deal with a breakup or with being lonely? I'm still best friends with my ex, but I'm still lonely over here. Much love, Chiaki. Much, much love. Oh, oh much boy. love to you also. How do do you deal with being lonely? Well, I I think good friends help. I I also think, you know, I've heard the thing, the the cure for one woman is all the woman. Yeah. To get over a woman, you have to get under another. Is that how that goes? Something like that. Well, I've I've heard it. The cure for for one woman is all the woman. But over over one, under another, that works too. And, and, you know, be safe, be smart. Don't make good choices. All of the above. Don't make good choices. I, 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 I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Don't be foolish. But then I went to make good choices. But you know, if if that's what you need, then that's what you need. If you're an right. adult and and everyone's an adult and consenting and you and and that can be whatever it is. You can go out with them on dates and not take it to the next level. You can look for something that's purely physical. You can go on dates with the chance of a new relationship, but. Right. I've always been the type that when I break up, I'm usually breaking up because there's someone I'm interested in. <laughs> so, yeah. well, like, I, I feel like I can shed a little bit of light on this. Sure. As someone, sure. As someone who is constantly rejected at all times throughout life, let me explain to you how this works, Eddie. <laughs> um, time heals all wounds, uh, even the deep emotional wounds of, of being uh, breaking up in a, in a relationship that you may have been in, you know, very invested in. Um, it's going to suck for a while. It really is. There's no getting around that. You're going to find yourself, your mind wandering, and you think about them. You're going to have dreams about them. That happens, too. Um, all, all you can really do is give it time. Uh, you know, one thing, though, is is don't let yourself dwell on it. Yeah. Um, stay busy. You know, uh, as we mentioned, hang out with your friends. Maybe go on other dates if you feel like that's something you want to do. Focus on yourself, too. That's a, that's a big thing is to make yeah. your improve yourself make yourself feel better about you you know one thing i do want to say too is you say you're still best friends with your ex eddie is and that's great and i'm not saying don't be that but 
I'll just say from, and this is from where I'm at and everybody's different, but I went through a, a breakup of a very serious relationship a couple years back and it was really hard to be around that person. And at first we were both like, everything's cool and we can still be friends and we don't hate each other and blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it was really hard to be around that person because there's all those instincts of, I love this person and so... I, I would actually advise for some distance. And you don't have to be nasty about it. Like, you don't have to say, I'm done with you. I hate you. But maybe maybe see less of them for a little bit and, and let those kind of feelings cool off. Is, I feel like, is I feel like, grinding I feel against like there's, you? I feel like there's some fe- feelings over here that are heating up. I, I don't know. You know what? You know what? I'm not an expert, but I recommend the Ito Supa which is the first talking huggy love pillow that responds to your touch with verbal responses, including angry outbursts if you get too grabby, developed by none other than Koichi Uchimura. You, you too can have an anime love pillow that will yell at you when you grab her breasts too hard, as was discussed by Roko and I in a recent hentai episode. And if all else fails, just hang out with me. I'll take you to a bar. We'll pick up some, you know, fine ladies and... uh <laughs> Just kidding. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Good luck, Eddie. Yeah, good luck. And and hang out with us. Yeah, for sure. Um, we've got another mailbag here. It's a very short one from Yotaro Vegeta. He just asked, what is your favorite OST of all time? Go. Uh, probably Cowboy Bebop. Mm, oh, that's a really good one. Yeah, that's really... a very generic answer. But yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I've answered this question before, but I've, I'm sticking with Beck. Can I say Escaflone yeah. again without being flogged? Oh my god! Well, but th- I so flog you. <laughs> we've an- we've answered this question yeah. in various iterations yeah. before, and I think our answers have remained the same. So, um, yeah, I definitely go with Beck. Uh, I, you said Escaflone, Cavalry yeah. Bop. Those are all great. actually Akatsuki no Yona has pretty decent music. It does, but it's the same songs over and over again. So I don't yeah, know if there's they, that much range or variety. Yeah, they have ranged the same melody a lot of different times, but I mean they do that on a lot of shows. So you, no. you want to know what is not my favorite OST of all time? What's that? Zonku no Terror. Uh, <laughs> was there any music in that show? I don't it even remember. Sc- it, it was scored. <laughs> Something like that. So okay. Um, we've got another mailbag from Closet Otaku Joe. Uh, Mitsuki, you want to take that one? Sure. What were the beginnings of your anime addiction? I had this thought as I was going through my books and I found a copy of Shogun by James Cl- Clavel. I had read when I was much younger. I read this book and tried my best to pronounce the Japanese and learn from the story about Japan. Now, this is long before the internet and before Taku was cool or even a word in the West, roughly 1985. So I had limited access to everything more. To, I had limited access to anything more than encyclopedias in my local library to feed my newly found addiction, but I loved it. So, anime addicts, what were your the beginnings of your addiction to anime slash Japanese culture, and why did you pull? Why did it pull you in? Mm. That's a very good question. Well, we're all going to have the same answer here. Are I mean, Sailor I think Moon, so. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I mean, I used to watch stuff on Cartoon Network. Same stuff, I mean. But it wasn't just Dragon Ball Z, I mean. Right. Well, so, what is that? So you just stumbled upon Cartoon Network at some point, and that was that? Yep, pretty much. And what I mean, made you stick with it, though? Why did you, why did you grasp? Why, why did it uh, hit such a chord with you? Because the anime that they were showing on Cartoon Network was so good. I mean, they were showing Trigun and Bebop and Lupin and Cowboy Bebop and Fooly Cooly and Outlaw Star. And oh, I mean, goodness. every show they, every time they showed a show, it was great. Now, there were some shows that I think were not so great, like Scryed, mm-hmm. which is yeah. kind of a piece of crap. And, Scryed, isn't and it? I never, yes, Scryed or whatever. But I, crap. <laughs> and I never watched Sailor Moon, really. But I mean, there, are, there were so many good shows on there. So, 
And then and then later on the the dub version of um um, Shin Chan, which is oh, oh, so utterly, hilarious. utterly <laughs> hilarious. So, so this should this should explain a lot about me. But mm. I'm gonna go in order of the anime that I watched. Okay. Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, almost the same time. Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon. Uh, Bible Black, <laughs> Ghost in the Shell, <laughs> Armitage the Third, Vampire Hunter D, Taboo Charming Mother, Fushigi Yugi, Utena. Come on, we all know you're a perv, Chiaki. Throw the hentai's in there too. We'll find out all about her perversion yeah, on I'm, the hentai episodes. I'm up. trying. I'm trying to save something for our Patreon listeners who support us. Yeah. Thanks, Mitsugi. Oh, gee, geez. So, oh, dude. So I get back off quickly. I guess my origin. Um, I started watching anime when I was probably about eight, and uh, was so without getting into it. I had a really horrible childhood, <laughs> like about as bad as it can get. So I was looking for a lot of escapism. Um, and looking for guidance in, like, you know, how to be. Uh, so I watched shows like Dragon Ball Z, which, you know, the, the morality of Goku and the others and how they always did the right thing really touched a chord with me and kind of, like, hooked me. So um, I would say specifically Dragon Ball uh, and then, of course, all the other Tsunami and yeah. Cartoon Network kind of stuff, really. Uh, just, the, you know, it was, it was cartoons, so it was something that was entertaining, but it was something deeper than that. It was, uh, you know, there were real characters that you can relate to so yeah that's what hooked me so we're up we are up to march 18th on mailbags what? so we've done a nice job we're only two months behind Woo! so we did it let's keep this up keep this going so the character battle is still going as you guys remember i promised to fly to anybody's house and give them 150 dollars straight out of my pocket not give them they get to take it out yes, of your pocket they get to fish in there yes. their <laughs> grubby little fingers right. feel around yes find the bills maybe find something else Mm-hmm. And then pull that out. And savor the moment. I know. And then I, I also know. grab the money. I know. Oh. Yes. And grab something else. <laughs> so, but I will say that as of this moment in the character battle, out of the out of the nearly out of the nearly two hundred entries, we have approximately three people that are still perfect. So that's actually pretty impressive at this point. So, um, from where we left off last time, we had some more matches uh, finish up. Shinichi beat uh, Johan Liebert from Monster, even though he's not nearly as good of a character. <laughs> Kirito easily beat Tenshi from Tenshi Muyo. That wasn't close. Guts surprisingly just absolutely bitch slapped Kamina. Gurren Lagann is does not have is not yeah. held its popularity. Mm. At the same time, however, Gon and Simone basically tied, but Simone edged out Gon at the last moment. Pikachu proved that that Pokemon may be on the decline uh. by by losing sixty eight percent to thirty two percent to Saber. You know, Squirtle would have won that one, perhaps. <laughs> Jonathan Joestar beat Gene Starwind 73% to 27%. Though I did like That's someone's crazy. comment on Facebook that Gene Starwind could just attack jo- uh, Jojo with his chin. They said he would gouge his eyes out with his chin. What? <laughs> now, if, you look, if you look at the character designs, not a star, they're very sharp-faced. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And currently, Roy Mustang is easily beating uh, Monkey D. Luffy from One Piece. So the character battle still continues to go on. You can vote on our website, www.aaapodcast.com. We've got three perfect brackets left. I think they're all going to be perfect still after, after today. So cheer right. those three people on, and maybe someone will get to, uh, you know, 
sexually harassed Mitsugi. <laughs> my bracket has been utterly destroyed. Yeah, um, already? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I stand no chance. Um, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and take a little news break. When we come back, we're going to cover the main topic, which is going to be a fun, interactive cooking show with Chiaki. I'm going to get the takoyaki iron fired up. She's going to get all up in there. We're going to make some takoyaki, so stick around, and we will see you in a moment. you anime addicts this is chiaki and this is your anime news break first up the summer convention season is fast approaching or in many places already upon us and if you're one of the people who's debating between this convention and that convention well there's a list out there that you might want to check out especially if you love japanese concerts Lots of the conventions, especially the big name ones, do host Japanese musical talent and there is a list that's been made of all the musical talent coming to conventions. The people that you can see this con season are Seven Oops, Anti-Feminism, Bloodstained Child, Crossfaith, Er Aoi, Elisa, Faint Star, Flow, Garchik Spin, Hollow Mellow, Idol Matsuri Chi Sakurabi, Kamijo, Momoiro Clover Z with Kiss, Shonen Knife, and a whole lot more. So there's lots of good musical talent from Japan coming to the States to perform, and it is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for many of us to see them live. Now there are some anime that you're fine watching streamed and there are other anime that you want to watch in all of its Blu-ray box set glory. And I think everyone will agree with me when I say that Fate's Day Night is definitely the latter. Recently, anime distributor Aniplex of America has outlined its release of the Fate's Day Night Unlimited Blade Works Blu-ray Disc Box 2. It'll be importing from Japan and release the set in North America on October 7th. The set will be shipping simultaneously in Japan and North America. Pre-orders should be open for the box set by the time most of you are listening to this. And the second set's suggested retail price is similar to the first at a very expensive $498 US dollars and 98 cents. However, the official Fates Day Night USA website is listing it for $398.98, so you hardcore fans can get it for a steal. In other news, the upcoming high-speed free starting days film is going to take fans where the story of the Iwatobi Swim Club began during middle school. But if you're a hardcore free fan and you have to have all of the merchandise, the Toys Works has taken it back even further and revealed prototypes for its Toy Works Yontengo Free Eternal Summer figure collection. It was previously teased, and while the figures don't have color yet, these figures are absolutely adorable of our young favorite swimmers. And finally, for you Tokyo Ghoul fans, it's time to fire up the Google machine because the official website for the stage play of Tokyo Ghoul has been unveiled in costume. Now the only thing that I'm curious about is how are they going to manage those sensor bars on stage? This was Shiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. 
Mitsugi, I miss Japan. Me too. What do you miss most? Hmm, that's tough. I love the onsen, and there's nothing like that here in America. Also, I loved getting around on trains, but... Oh, I know. I'd miss the convenience stores. Oh? There's nothing like them here in America. All the wacky things you can find. Anime gummies, strange crackers, Kit Kats flavored like green tea. I even saw Cheetos flavored like Mountain Dew. What? Ew. Were they good? I don't know. I never got to try them, and now I never will. You know, now that you mention it, I think JList.com sent out some on their snack subscription a while back. Snack subscription? I joined to give me that little taste of Japan. Every month, they send you a random selection of Japanese snacks. It can be hit or miss on taste, but it's always fun to open your mailbox and see what you got. I miss the Japanese convenience stores, but hey, it's a little flavor of my Japanese adventures. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. JList.com, right? Mm-hmm. You can set it up as airmail or EMS. You can even buy it as a gift for someone else if you want. But you don't get to choose your own snacks? Well, no. Not as part of the snack subscription. It's a random grab. And hey, I think that's more fun. But if you want your pick, JList.com has dozens of snacks you can choose from and order a la carte. They're always getting more, so if you're craving something special, you never know if it'll come up. That settles it. I'll go to jlist.com today. It's been way too long since I've eaten something octopus-flavored. And we are back to the 278th episode of the Enemy Addicts Anonymous podcast. Kazuo, you moved. You changed seats. I teleported slightly to the left. You became Chiaki. I have... Oh my god, what? Uh, no, I have not become Chiaki. This is why we actually wore the different blue shirts. Yeah, so you could tell us apart. Yeah, we had slightly different decals on her. She has nothing on her, so yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we are going to be uh, cooking something here for you. And by we, I mean Chiaki. Because I can't cook, and I don't know if Mitsuki can cook. Uh, not takoyaki, that's yeah. for sure. So Chiaki is going to be cooking takoyaki, and uh, we are going to be eating takoyaki and talking about how to make it. And sweating, because this room is heating up. Oh, Lord. It's getting hot in here. Mitsuki's going to take off all his clothes. I was going to say, so take might. off all your clothes. I, ju- I honestly just might. <laughs> so, all right, let's uh, go ahead and get started. Um, Chiaki... What do we have on this table? There's like a bunch of different oh, things I don't and, recognize. And, and by the way, we are cooking, so there will be cooking noises. Yes. So cooking show time. Awesome. So what, what do we have on the table going on here, Chiaki? So we first have our takoyaki batter. And the takoyaki batter that I'm using today is a mix. You can, you can make your own batter um, and, and find recipes online. There's a website that I really love that's called Just One Cookbook. And Just One Cookbook is great for this because um, it Just One Cookbook is, is done by a Japanese woman who's trying to recreate all of her favorite family recipes online. And she has an actual physical cookbook that you can buy, but all of her recipes are on her blog and on her YouTube and stuff. So... This is a mix, but if you want to make the batter yourself, um, you can do so pretty easily. You need like dashi and which is fish stock and flour and some like cornstarch and stuff like that. Ew. But you can tell that the yeah. batter is pretty runny. 
the the ingredients you have listed uh, i assume these are for is this all just the batter of flour and kombucha and egg and soy sauce and baking powder yeah and, goodness gracious there's a lot going into this thing okay. so we have we have the batter and then we have um pickle ginger which most people who've gone to a sushi place should probably be familiar with it's the pink stuff and then just chopped up pretty pretty well um diced green onion which is diced green oh so what you're saying is they took green onions and then they diced them yes see i couldn't even do that we have bonito flakes and bonito is a type of fish and the flakes are basically like dried fish flakes then seaweed, and this is supposed to be, this is supposed to actually be like shaker seaweed, but we couldn't find it in our market in time. I see chocolate chips. I'm going for them. Wait, what? Well, that's for later. Too Need to too be late. spoiler. You'll toss one over here, homie. And then we have our taco, which is octopus. And so I left some of the tentacles so you guys could just see it and play with the tentacle. But and that octopus broke me today. And then wow, expensive. The octopus is diced, and you can really put any protein in here. If you can't find octopus and you like, let's say shrimp, you can put shrimp in here instead. Just cook whatever protein you're going to put in here before you put it in here, because this the the takoyaki griddle is not going to cook your protein. It's just going to cook the dough. Right. So not hot enough. Well, it's probably hot enough. You're just not going to leave it on there long enough is more the thing. Mm. Um, as far as the takoyaki griddle, you can order these offline. And I think you can get one on Amazon for like 30 bucks. Or I have seen YouTube videos about how to hack a cake pop griddle, like a cake pop maker. I don't even know what that wow. is. To make takoyaki. Life so, Or I think J-Box has a takoyaki iron that you could put over like a a stove and do it on your stove. So there's a number of ways to do this. This was actually a gift from Cram's wife for Christmas for me. So the griddle is warm. I have some oiled oiled, uh, paper towels that I've just basically Hmm. gotten oil into each of the little holes. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take the batter and I'm going to put a little bit in each hole. So now what you're saying is that if you do not have a Japanese store in your area, you can go to jbox.com <laughs> to find a lot of this stuff. That's pretty yeah, they, cool. they definitely sell, at the very least, they sell a, uh, an iron. Not the, I, don't, I didn't see the actual cooker, but I saw the iron. So Chiaki's pouring the takoyaki batter like pancake batter i guess into the is it basically pancake batter is that what we're looking at here think of it like a salty kind of savory pancake batter. right yeah as we mentioned before there's a bunch of stuff in this batter i mean there's uh, flour kombucha egg soy sauce baking powder dashi stock green onion well, smells and good. tenkasu which is tempura it's scraps make, it's so. making me feel nostalgic it smells like it smells like the streets of osaka now oh yeah it does smell really good now i have never had takoyaki so what am i in for as far as like the overall flavor how this is going to taste is it i mean what, what are we looking at spicy sweet tangy i mean what what, what are we uh think think salty it's it's a Think of it almost, maybe you could think of it like a, a different version of like a, a dumpling. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so let's see here. What other notes do you have on here? Oh, about the uh, origins of takoyaki. Did you want to go into that? Well, yeah. Mitsugi mentioned that it reminded him of Osaka. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, Osaka is famous for its takoyaki. You can buy it all over oh, the place. including. Wow, I'm not eating that one. Well, you know what's funny? Okay, so the one with a lot of ginger made me think. 
people will do takoyaki roulette. So they'll make a <laughs> large right. blade of takoyaki and they'll put like sriracha and oh uh, jalapeno in one. And then, of course, you can't see it because the takoyaki ends up being like batter balls. Yeah, because Japanese people don't really eat spicy food. Like, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised, but Japan has some bland food. I've noticed that. Like, a bland. lot of. Bland. Maybe it's just because, like, in America, we spice the crap out of everything. But, yeah. like, I've noticed in a lot of Japanese food that I've eaten, it's just, there's not that much, you know, flavor or zing to it. Yeah. So for me, it's like, oh, you're going to put shiracha in my, in my, in my takoyaki? Yes. <laughs> yes, please. But for I could just see a Japanese person being like, oh my God, I'm dying. So spicy. Now, uh, I mean, would you say, uh, you know, I'm curious as to like how healthy takoyaki is. As You know, um, it looks like you've got a lot of like veggies and things like that in it. I mean, really the batter would probably be the most, uh, as far as like carbs and fat and stuff I like would that. say not very healthy. Not very healthy? I mean, unless you think eating pancakes is healthy, which is basically what you're eating. You're eating like a pancake ball with one little piece of squid in it. Interesting. So then what you'll need is you'll want to start... Ooh, my takoyaki are getting hot. They have actual takoyaki official, like, sticks official yeah. um, that you can Quite get. Unquote. But I'm just using bamboo skewers. Oh, yeah, those things are cooking quick. Real quick. I remember your host brother in Japan could flip, like, a whole tray of takoyaki in, like, seven seconds. Oh, yeah, he could do, like, two-handed flipping. That's amazing. Yeah. Maybe he was like one of those. Yeah, so like I was saying, in Osaka, you can buy takoyaki every, like all over the place. And one of the places where you almost will always find it is on the way to Osaka Castle. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tourists going to the castle, and they it's a very, very popular site for school kids and everything, too. And they'll have, there'll be like a, like a little food stand somewhere on the way that'll sell you takoyaki for sure. Oh, my God, that smells so good. Well, you know, speaking of Osaka and the origins of takoyaki, um, we've got some notes here on the outline. Uh, takoyaki was first invented in Osaka in 1935 by a street vendor named Tomekichi Endo. So, 35, that's been around for quite some time. It was inspired by Akashiyak, Akashiyak is that right? Uh, small round dumpling from Akashi Hyogo. Goodness gracious. Hyogo Prefecture? Yeah, Hyogo yeah. Prefecture, made of an egg rich batter and octopus. Mm. Uh, while it spread throughout Japan and is popular across the nation, the Kansai region is still the most famous for takoyaki, and it's most popular there. So, so the key to takoyaki when you're cooking it in the griddle is you want to keep it moving. You want to just keep, once, once you get it in there and you get all your ingredients in, you want to kind of just keep flipping it around with your skewer. And that way, that's what kind of makes it A, into the ball shape, and B, kind of gets it all cooking how you want it to cook. See, this is why, one of the reasons why I don't cook. Because I have a very strict effort exerted (laughs) to (laughs) food intake balance that I like to maintain. And this looks like it requires quite a bit of effort. I don't know. You think so? I mean, you For not a whole lot of food. I mean, I can eat that whole tray like nothing. Well, we'll see. I'll just... (laughs) I think the cleanup would be pretty easy, though. I mean, in all honesty, hey, these are hey, these are turning out pretty well. Thanks. Well, you know, considering it's been a while since you've made takoyaki, I, and I by that I mean really over made a year it since my my host family that much, or I ha- I made it like once or twice since then. But of course, my host family in Osaka was the last time that I really. Ooh, that one I forgot. To the uh, the chat is asking me Nelly eighteen seventy six in the chat asked me if I would eat ghost peppers. I'll do well, it. Well. Uh, some time ago, one of our friends, one of our old, one of our podcast listeners, Barefoot, made me a bowl of 
ghost pepper chili, if you would, if you would recall, and said that he would make it for me if I if I ate it on the podcast. And I did that, and afterwards I was laid out on my back for like four hours. That's amazing. That is some intense shit. Does anyone remember which episode this in? <laughs> this is in. I don't know. It Astrophysics was, in the chat. It was you early. Know? Make probably episode like earlier than one forty. Probably. I, I would definitely eat a ghost pepper. There was a at, at my old office. There was a challenge that would go on where they would bring in hot sauces and have me take shots of them just to see how I would react. <laughs> so now some of these you can see. Some of them have the nice ball shape that you want for takoyaki, whereas others, I didn't quite have enough batter, so it didn't quite right. get cooked in the shape that you'd want it to be in. Oh, that's the ginger heavy one. I'll put that to the side. Yeah. Because I don't want to eat that ginger so, at all. <laughs> now, breaking down the word takoyaki, I know you have this here. <laughs> you have this listed on the, on the um, outline as well, uh, because Jap- Japanese is fun, and we like to learn. Uh, taco means octopus, and yaki is derived from yaku, which means to fry or grill. So fried octopus, basically. Um, let's see what else you have here. Think about all the other Japanese cuisine you know that has yaki in it. Teriyaki, yaki soba, yaki niku. So it all, yaki comes from yaku, which means fried. So, so now we're going to put, I have uh, yaki soba sauce, or you can do tonkatsu sauce, or you can use takoyaki sauce. Oops. I probably should have gone. Let me go get the tonkatsu sauce. Okay. Continue. Now, now you said you have yaki soba sauce, and what we just learned from the word yaki, derived from yaku, yak was it yaku or yak, yaku, something like that. Anyways, basically means fried. So this is to be used for fried foods. Very interesting. Um, now, why is this ta- is what happens when shiaki has too many sauces? So here's my okonomiyaki sauce and yaki soba sauce and okonomiyaki really sauce really aren't Ag- that again with the yaki okonomiyaki. Yep, yaki's everywhere. What's going on here? Yeah, well, yaki I think is generally. I mean, it, it's Japanese people love their fried foods. Yeah, I mean, it comes from like word like any anything anytime you're frying something or maybe and sometimes even just cooking in general you. So this is going to be really good until you put the Bonito Flakes on it, and then Mitsugi doesn't want it anymore oh, at all. So then we have... Now she's putting mayonnaise on them. Japanese mayo. Which is, which is, which is, which is Kansai style and not, not necessarily Tokyo style. Uh, you'd have this. You'd have mayo on top. I think I'd rather just have it without mayonnaise. See, see, I see one on the plate that doesn't have hardly any mayonnaise on it, and it, does not, it has not yet been befouled up too late by Bonito <laughs> Flakes. Ugh. Why don't you like bonito flakes? Because they taste like shit. They do not. Oh yeah, like like it's basically fish it's food. It's like a bacon taste. It's fish food. Mm. It's dried fish. Well, now flakes. we need Cosmo to come. So here's my mm. plate of takoyaki. Oh my god. I'm gonna put that between you guys. I should. Do we need it to cool down or something? No. Or Takoyaki is best eaten hot. I should eat all of them, considering that making that cost now, $55. Now, the question is... <laughs> I only used one tentacle, and you got, like, four. The question is, which of these has all the ginger in it? Uh, I think it's that one. Okay. This one right here on the end? On the end? Yeah. Uh, no, that, not that one. I'm eating this one because it doesn't have any mayonnaise or bonito on it. And I'm eating this one because it does have mayonnaise and bonito on it. And I'm eating this one because I can't use chopsticks very well, and it's easy to grab. It's squishy. It's a little undercooked, but overall, it's pretty good. That's that's how mm. it's supposed to be. Oh, that's good. It's supposed to be... Oh, I like this. Takoyaki is supposed to be really doughy inside. I like this a Almost lot. Almost uncooked. We done good, guys. Mm. Now, 
Why is takoyaki so popular today? I notice you have that question on the outline as well. So takoyaki is one of the things where you can do a lot of stuff with takoyaki. You can put almost any protein you want into takoyaki, as I was saying. You could do ebi, which is shrimp. You could do chicken. I had uh, our friends in Japan, Cram and his wife, they did pizza takoyaki. What? So you really can do a lot of things. Pizza yaki. And I'm going to experiment right now. I want to try to make dessert takoyaki. Uh Uh-oh. So round two, what I'm going to do is I have a little bit of batter here still ready. I'm going to add some cinnamon, powdered sugar and granulated sugar and a dash of vanilla into the batter. And then instead of the taco, I'm going to add chocolate chips. Choco yaki. We'll turn the camera here to show what we got. Is that what we're making? I challenge you to find another anime podcast that is going to cook takoyaki for you live. This was such a great decision, I gotta say. Yeah? You think so? I mean, this is delicious. This is delicious. This is delicious, right? Huh? Yeah, I so, I mean, I think the takoyaki in Japan in general is oftentimes like a family food. Families will gather around a table and they're over on the kotatsu and enjoy, enjoy making takoyaki as a, as a family. And it's, very, it's a very unconventional food and an, un, an unconventional cooking method, so I think yeah. it makes it extra fun. And well, these griddles are so cheap that, I mean, as I said, if, if you don't want to have, if you don't want to put the octopus, if that's a little too adventurous for you and your friends here in the States, I mean, you can easily find shrimp that will resonate with a lot of people and use this for a party at your place. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, um, you know, you have mentioned here in the notes again that it's, it's easy and fun to modify. You can mix it up, make all kinds of weird things. You can throw, as you said, shrimp. Right now we're going to get funky and throw in some chocolate and cinnamon and so forth. So you can really get creative with it and kind of, you know, mix it up, make something interesting. And I got to say, if I catch you eating any kind of yaki with a fork, I will kill you myself. Well, they're easy, <laughs> they're easy to pick up. I mean, Kazuo, you said you're not very good with... Chopsticks. Chopsticks. Yeah. But they're, they're very squishy. Definitely, yeah. It was, it's easy to get a hold of these bad boys. You would have to be a four-year-old child without the hand size to actually hold chopsticks hey, in order to not be able to eat them with chopsticks. Easy, easy, okay? Easy. Right. I want you guys to know I've never done this. I'm, I'm She's pouring the vanilla. Doing this for the first time. In my defense, I was boxing earlier today, yeah. so my hands and my fingers and are all very sore. So doing anything intricate, i.e., chopsticks, is difficult. I bet you punch more than Manny Pacquiao. Say what? I said I bet you punch more than Manny Pacquiao. More than him? I, I doubt that. I don't know. Did you see that last fight? Yeah, oh yeah, I saw. Basically, it. didn't even fight. No, he tried, but he had a messed up shoulder and Floyd Mayweather is a defensive genius. Anyways, it has nothing to do with anime. <laughs> Unless we compare it to Ippo. Let me compare that fight to Ippo. Right. So I want to see if the chat has any questions about this takoyaki thing. I'm sure they've been asking all along, but I haven't been paying attention. So if, if the people watching live, all 50 of you, have any questions about this, please ask your questions now. And I'm sure Chiaki will, will, lo- will love to answer them. Oh, wow. she's I can smell that, like, that cinnamon. This is... The greatest episode we've ever done, <laughs> just because I get to eat. How many cooking episodes have we done now? The last one was katsu, was a katsu, katsu curry. And then and we bef- also did... We did ramen? We did ramen. We did ramen for sure, yeah. And what was the first one we did? I don't remember. It was way back in the original studio. I can't remember what it was, but... uh yeah, I love how I love how the chat is blowing up now about the fight. Yeah, now they're all talking about the fight. <laughs> they're like, that fight sucked. <laughs> Well, I mean, as we said, takoyaki is kind of a party food. Like, we're hanging out. We're having a good time. 
Can you do fried chicken takoyaki? You can do whatever takoyaki you want. My God. <laughs> so basically for the dessert takoyaki, I just took the exact same batter. I wiped down my griddle with a paper towel and in some new oil. And then I took the exact same batter and I basically just added like, I don't know, I guesstimate like quarter cup of sugar or so. Yeah. Couple of questions, um, real quick. Uh, yeah. One, won't the chocolate? It was asked in the chat. It's moving pretty quickly, so it's hard to keep track. But won't the chocolate melt or, or burn? I should say, and, or is that kind of like just got to time it just right? Well, I'm putting the chocolate in after the the dough starts to to cook a little bit on the outer edge. So mm. my thinking, my thinking is that um, the chocolate won't have a chance to burn. But we're right. gonna we're gonna see how this works out. Like it's, I said, it's, we're experimenting now. Uh, a couple of the questions we've got. Um, Mi- Mitsugi asks. Yes. Could I make this in a waffle maker? I not this Mitsugi. The Mitsugi yeah, in the chat. <laughs> I don't think so. Actually, um, it'd be hard. I mean, you could make waffles with like octopus in it. I guess if you would cut it up finely enough. I mean, you could probably you can probably have the same type of dough yeah. and achieve like. Don't they have like cupcake kind of things that look similar to this that you can make these in? I mean, I think I think the thing is is that the whole idea of takoyaki is that the insides are, um, the insides are are very doughy. They're very not cooked. And the problem with something like a waffle maker, I would think, would be that you get insides that were very cooked. So, so <laughs> someone else asked. Um, if, if there was a gluten-free variety of this. That's a good question. I don't see why you couldn't find a gluten-free like yeah. dough batter or something. I mean, if, if, you, if you were using gluten-free flour, you could probably yeah. modify it. Like, I don't know what those modifications would end up looking like. Or taste like. Or I mean, nothing like. else other than the batter. Nothing else here really has gluten in it. So I think you definitely could if you had the right batter. You know, honestly, if you're someone who's, who's gluten intolerant or doesn't eat gluten, you know, for whatever reason... Japanese cuisine is something you should probably look into because um, Japanese cuisine doesn't have that much wheat in it, actually, overall, yeah. if you cut out the noodle dishes. Yeah, Japan is kind of like a paradise for, for gluten-free. I mean, they don't have, they don't really make, they don't really make wheat as one of their staple crops, so, I mean, I mean, they import it, but bread is kind of like a thing that you buy it in, like, packs of six slices, and yeah, it's not like very good. Yeah, it's like a almost. Uh, Astrophysics in the chat said that our first cooking episode was was Chiaki making a bento. Oh, so it's, I remember. I, I, I love how it's continually proven that we don't know our own show better than our listeners, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I so, love how they're still going on about that fight. That fight, yeah. They said it was like a bad anime, all hype and no substance. So I got to say... these are looking ugly. I got to say that, that that these dessert takoyakis that you're making, Chucky, are not coming out quite as well as the... As the well, okay, not. looks can be deceiving, guys. Oh, I'm sure they're going to taste it's, it's great. It's got all the ingredients we care about. There's listen, chocolate and cinnamon. Listen, you, know? you could rip these things apart and I'd still eat them, but why, why is it, do you think, that they're not coming out quite as well? I'm going to guess it's probably the sugar messing with it. It's burning too much. The sugar, the sugar might be cooking faster than the dough, because mm. the chocolate really isn't burning. But I'm wondering, well, that and I might have been a little too eager with it. I might have been a little too hasty rather than letting them form. Because now that I'm kind of letting them sit a bit and then reworking them, they're starting to get into the shape that you would want them to be. But Pat Bortz in the chat asked how much the co- octopus costs. I am, I am, I am sad to say that the octopus costs cost me sixteen dollars a pound, which came out to forty dollars. For the octopus, 
and the rest of the ingredients ran me about ten to about ten dollars total. So the whole thing was about fifty dollars. But we didn't use all of the octopus, which goes back you to got, you got four tentacles, and we used we well we have a ton of one left. I'm probably going to be making takoyaki. I had to buy it in a pack of four tentacles, so it was a lot. But we only used one of them, which goes back to the question about how healthy it is. So we basically used a hell of a lot of batter and not very much octopus. So mm-hmm. it's mostly carbs, probably. Right. But you know what? I'm very glad we have a Patreon now because now I don't have to worry about spending $50 on the podcast. Yeah. That's kind of the point, right? <laughs> right. You know well, what I'm saying? I'll, I'll tell you right now. I mean, these things are delicious. Uh, I'm just well, finish slowly them. Finish I'm, I'm sneaking away. I'm just eating I'm gonna, these. I'm going to make not some even more paying after attention. The, maybe, maybe, during, maybe during our after party, I'll cook up the, some more because that I... That sounds fun. I chopped up a bunch of, of taco, so... I want to yaki it. <laughs> Someone in the chat, uh, I can't remember who it was. I apologize. Asked asked you. That's if you, what they turned out. We'll see how they taste. Asked you if you had ever made any, if you had ever used any kind of other proteins besides talk octopus. Uh, I had a friend who used chicken. Um, I haven't used anything but octopus, but I had a friend who used chicken and shrimp. All right, guys, I'm di- I'm diving in on this bad boy. Well, I see how it is. You're not yeah. even gonna wait. Wait, wait, wait for what? There's, so, there's Kazuo is working his chopsticks. There he goes. He got it. He's chewing. Thinking, looking at me like it's good, chewing. Oh my god! Did it turn out okay? This, this is amazing. This might be one of the greatest things I've ever eaten. It's like a chocolate chip pancake, but like crunchy, and oh, this is good. This, you know what? If there was, if we had some syrup, that would go amazing on this. Yeah, this is pretty good. It's like, um, it's like eating uh, half cooked cookie dough balls. Yeah. With cinnamon. Actually, no, because it tastes more like a pancake. It's more like it's more like half cooked pancake balls. So like the inside is kind of soft and barely cooked, and then the outside mm-hmm. is you know crispy. Right. So with chocolate and cinnamon, I think it might have been better without the cinnamon. I'm thinking. Sorry. No, I'm still. I, I like the cinnamon. The cinnamon gives a little. I'm just saying. Otherwise, for next I feel time. if it did have the cinnamon, I feel like it would taste too much like chocolate chip pancakes. But it's either way, it's amazing. So I haven't seen any ch- any questions from the chat in a while, which me which me which leads me to believe that this that this segment might be coming to an end, unless there are any other questions. I don't really have any other desires for this talk for this. I say we segment. just call the call it now, end the show, and eat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I d- well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna mix more batter to be ready for the after party. I think awesome. I definitely I definitely think that that those of you that want to that listen to this and want to actually make this and you want a better visual on how to do it, you could find our YouTube video on our YouTube channel Definitely. and watch the video of Chiaki doing it, and that might help you learn how to properly flip it because you are, you are flipping little balls that are inside of little holes, so it's, w- not, it's, not as, it's not as typical as you might think it is. I will say, and speaking of for the video, I'm going to show kind of without the dough and without me trying to not burn it. The approach that you want to take is you want to try to sneak in the pick on the side and then kind of like go around the edge to loosen it up. And then it's like a flick motion. Like almost like you're scooping the dough ball out by dragging the pick underneath it and then flopping the dough ball over is yeah. kind of the motion that yeah. you're looking for. Are you going to have like a, um, uh, a recipe on the site where people can view this, maybe on the show notes or something like that? Yeah, I know our Patreons have early access or will have in the future early access to the right. show notes. I don't know if we're saving, like, because the recipe... Access, access period. Access period. Sorry, access period. Um, the recipe really isn't anything 
super crazy yeah, because easy. I use I mean I used a mix I bought a mix and I used it and like I said that website just one cookbook I mean we're not affiliated with them or anything I just think it's a great website and that woman has amazing recipes right all right well fantastic guys that was amazing again probably my favorite segment we've ever done <laughs> uh, we're gonna go ahead and take another little news break and when we come back we will doing be doing a review on Yona of the Dawn aka Akatsuki no Yona so stick around and we'll see you in just a moment. Hail you anime addicts, this is Chiaki and this is your anime news break. First up, for those of you who are still in college or for those of you who have graduated from college, think about your day-to-day college life. What were you doing? Maybe eating pizza, hanging out with friends? Well, Takuma Takemoto, a 23-year-old second-year student at Kawase Gakuen University, has done something a little different with his time. He's created a life-size robot designed to look like Hatsune Miku. The creator wants his robot to be as expressive as possible and has a built-in camera so the Mikubot is able to read the facial changes of its operator and generate various three-dimensional expressions in real time. When asked about why he created the robot, Takemoto stated that, I can't be happy with just being a fan. I want Hatsune Miku here in the real world. It's only a matter of time until the robot uprising, everyone. Now, in some serious news, there's something that you probably haven't been paying attention to, unless you're in Japan. That's how I knew it. There's this thing called the TPP. It's the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and it's a free trade agreement that's currently under negotiation among 12 countries around the Pacific Rim. And part of this agreement will standardize intellectual property laws. Now, what this means for Japan is that it will reclassify copyright infringement as a crime that can be prosecuted without the victim's consent. So that means that if I create a work that's infringed upon by someone else, that infringement can be prosecuted with or without my asking for it. In Japan, it's currently not that way. It's a shinkozai, or a crime that can only be prosecuted if the victim files charges. Now, why am I telling you about all this? Well, because on May 15th, the Japanese government held a conference in Tokyo to discuss the TPP and how it will affect Japan's doujin culture. Think about Kamike, one of the largest anime conventions in the world, if you'll call it that, and definitely the largest anime gathering in Tokyo at the Tokyo Big Site. And of course, all of it is doujin. So that's something that I want you guys to put your fingers on the pulse on and keep an eye on because it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Now in some lighter Japan interest in anime news, the cast of Yoamushi Pedal, the bicycle racing shonen anime, have made a special announcement. The mem- six members of the cast will be competing with their own bicycles, emulating their counterparts from the anime. The Japan Six Cycle Sports Center will be hosting the event, and there has been a picture released of the cast with their bicycles in some costumes, and it is completely adorable. I highly recommend checking it out. Finally, for you Cardcaptor Sakura fans out there, go head over to the Super Groupies Japanese fashion site to check out some new apparel stylized with the bright pink color and 
cute coins that are all about Cardcaptor Sakura. Notably is an analog charm wristwatch and a Super Groupies exclusive pink umbrella. Both will be on sale this September. This was Shiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Story time with Cram. And yes, we are now presently in Cram's house. Right. So we are in the uh, the murder room. Actually. Yes, yeah. oh, this yeah. is the murder room. Oh, it's, would you like to tell? You have to tell the story now. Uh, I've told it on the podcast before, but I guess it was back in 2006, December of 2006. Uh, someone was murdered in this house. The people that were living here. Um, the son was taking care of his mother and she was very ill as I understand it and I guess he wanted to put her out of her misery so he took a pillow and uh, asphyxiated her. Right here. Right here. Right where we're same doing tatami? this. Right here. Yeah, same tatami. Well, no, they changed the tatami. Oh, they changed the tatami. So, so you mean to tell me that we're actually broadcasting right now in the exact maybe square meter where a person was smothered to death? Yeah. Wow. We're also underneath my bedroom uh, where a man died of an illness. Wow. The father. Nobody will ever want to spend the night at Cram's house. Back to the podcast. And we are back to the 178th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Podcast. That's right. I am all hyped up because I got some awesome food. You're jacked up. What do you do? Like, do what do you do? do? Some like, uh, I'm all hopped up on sugar or something. (laughs) These takoyaki cookie chocolate ball things. ball things have got me all hopped up and crazy i don't know what i'll do i might even review an anime so <laughs> is it weird to say that i just want more balls it's so true you have a drop i do i do want more balls well you know what kazuo more takoyaki balls is I'm it weird make... to say that i just want more balls i'm gonna make more balls for you kazuo. that's amazing there, as soon as our look, after party starts there's I'm gonna make not more balls. there's not a lot of things i enjoy in life more than balls in my mouth. Oh my god! <laughs> Specifically, takoyaki balls. All right. Speaking of balls, we're going to be reviewing an anime, <laughs> and that Speaking is. Speaking of balls, and, and that anime is Akatsuki no Yona. Akatsuki no Yona. Uh, so whose whose show was this? Was this yours, Mitsuki? Or? I think it was mine. Yeah. It was yours. Yeah. Okay. So you want to go ahead and kick us off, get us started, talk about Akatsuki no Yona? Well, I think I'll. Uh, if if Mitsuki doesn't mind, I don't mind getting started with the kind of plot overview. Well, why don't you go ahead and do that? Then? Yeah, because I think that uh, that it's, you know, we both watched it. So Akatsuki no Yona is the story of a girl, Yona, who is the princess of a kingdom. And the kingdom is her, her father, the king, is known for being kind of like a pacifist king, like a gentle king and a, a king that doesn't like war and doesn't like fighting. And to, to the extent that some of his followers are like, oh, he's, he's you know, the king who will cow to our enemies and whatnot. And and so, but, but that being said, the kingdom is met, I'd, I'd say with some prosperity uh, at the start, that, that you might question later on in the show how quote-unquote prosperous it, it really was. But so... So that's kind of the the setup at the very beginning of the show, and then well, the king's kind of like a kind of a coward. You know, he doesn't like fighting. 
Right. Well, is he? I, I mean, say pacifist. You say yeah, coward. I would well, say some 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 refer to him as a coward. Okay. So uh, uh, so I only watched. I I didn't complete the season or the show. You guys did. Uh, I watched the first eight episodes. But in those eight episodes, they do address that. And he's in fact not a coward. There was a scene in the castle where someone was going to pull out their sword on someone else, and he grabbed the blade of their sword yeah. to keep them from attacking the other person, slicing his hand open. So I don't think that's a coward. I think he is just very against war against violence against killing yeah which is admirable and 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 i like i said i think it's one of those it, and and as the series progresses you start to, at first he's set up as this character because you see most of the show through the eyes of yona and he's set up as this character who seems very admirable and noble and the good guy and then i i don't want to say as the show progresses and we'll probably get into this but but you kind of start to wonder okay was everything as great as what it seemed like type of thing so the the show in the first three episodes, this is going to sound like a spoiler, but this is in the first three episodes, and I think this is probably why Mitsugi passed it, is in the first three episodes, Yona's father, the king, yeah. is murdered. He's assassinated mm-hmm. by... I say you, he did. <laughs> yeah, that, that's normal. Assassination normally leads to death. Right. At least um, successful assassination. Uh, 10 out of 10 times, if someone is assassinated, if someone is killed, they die. I think I learned that in an anime once. That's what I said. I said, I say you, he did. So, so, <laughs> so the king is assassinated, but he's not just assassinated by anyone. He's assassinated by Suwon. Suwon. And Suwon is. Suwon. <laughs> he's so sexy and he has blonde hair and oh he wears God. white all the time. He's very angelic. He kind of looks like. <sighs> he, I just want to slap him. He looks like an angel walking around and oh, all the ladies want to just touch him because he's so hot. I would like to point out to everyone that I am the one who's trying to cover the plot and Mitsugi is the one fangirling over the pretty boys. I'm making jokes. I'd like to, to just establish that. You can view <laughs> it as me, as me fangirling over the, over the pretty boys or you could view it as me just making jokes. I know. I'm, or, or you could view me as being sarcastic. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and you could view this show, Akatsuki no Yona. How dare you call my credibility into question? Okay. It was already it was already called. Um, well, so after, after I passed Nanoha Vivid, yes. Suwon is Yona's cousin, so the king's brothers, Yona's uncle's son, and they already they established very early that Yona and Suwon have a thing. Like she she wanted to marry him, which is a little weird because they are cousins. Like her father and his father are brothers. It's a little weird, but this is a fantasy world where. It's you a don't know. freaky fantasy they got going on. You know, it's it's one of those <laughs> things that I do, I struggle with it because there's part of me that's like the, is it in there because, is it in there because of the fact that in old societies, people of noble birth would marry within their family tree? I'm sure. To and, But it's like, I, I can't say with 100% certainty that the anime has this in there well. to have that, to have that kind of authenticity, if you want to call it that, versus the... If the anime put it in there just because it's like, hey, someone will think this taboo thing is hot and we're just going to put it in there. And, and so I, I struggle with that. I really do. Well, what I will say is that I'm pretty sure despite her desire to marry her cousin, I think that there's multiple ap- occasions in that first sec- in that first couple episodes of the show where they're like, no, he's your cousin. You can't do that. You know, yeah. they, there are people that 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 basically give you that the knowledge that that is not something that's considered normal in that world necessarily. Yeah. But he's so hot. Like, how can she resist? It's it's (laughs) 
it's weird. It's it's one of those things that I I do go a little back and forth on. But I think I think one of my big litmus tests for is something necessary to a show is if he was not her cousin, hmm. um, or if he was maybe let's say a more distant or removed cousin, maybe adopted, maybe I don't know. Um, would it still have the same impact? That's kind of my litmus test of is something necessary in a story? Is it is it just there for fun or is it actually relevant to the plot? And I try to think if Suwon wasn't her cousin. But just some guy. But just some guy or, or some guy with ties to the royal family, but maybe not that close tie. Would this story still be as impactful and still have its same meaning? And I could argue that with, I could argue up to about 90% that it would. So... I kind of feel like the cousin thing is is a little is a little cheap and unnecessary. I, I it feels like one of those we need yeah. an extra layer of forbidden romance, so we're just gonna add that. Well, there's really no there's really no impact of of them being related at all, and not only that, the show barely has romance between them in it. So Are, did, did we watch the same show? I I, I mean, it, it, the, if, up it, until, if you're talking about the one scene of the backstory where they're riding on the horse together. Um, so up until he run, up until he runs her, her her father through with a sword and kills her she's, brutally, she's gushing over him the entire time. You have all and the even scenes. You have all the scenes. You have the scene of after her mother died when he's saying, "I need, I want you to smile. I will be here. I will protect you. I will wipe your tears away. So smile tomorrow." And he's supporting her. You have all the flashbacks of her and Hawk and Suwon when they're kids and they're playing together and Yona's freaking out over him. You have the scene when they're sick. And they're all the three of them are sick together. You have the scene where they're on the horse. You have a lot of scenes of them as yeah. kids, and then you have then you have toward the end you have more stuff between them, and you have the scenes when they're apart, but they have references to each other mm-hmm. that, and you see the reactions to that. So I so basically every single scene you mentioned is in the first four episodes. That's all I'm saying. I is thought that those were. Th- I thought the no. flashbacks were spread out. The scene, the scene when they have the flashback of her like with being sick or whatever, is when she's falling asleep in the forest after they've fled the city, at, which is in episode four. Yeah. And that scene you're referring to later on in the show, are you referring to the scene where she tries to to kill him with a sword? Whoa! Because that's we just not, jumped into spoiler. <laughs> this show has no we spoilers. Were, we were in the kitty end of the pool, and we just jumped into the deep end. This, you guys, this show, this is a show that shows you the end of the show on episode three. It doesn't show you the end of the show. It shows you beyond the end of the show. Yeah, I mean, it literally <laughs> gives you the end of the show, shows it to you, dangles it for you, and then then never returns to it. So let's not talk about spoilers here. This show spoils itself. <laughs> It shows um, the so so you have all these conflicts and fights and stuff in the course of this anime. Tons of like you know fighting. It's it's lighthearted fighting, but it's fighting. But they showed you the end of the anime story on episode three with all the characters still alive. So everything that happens in the entire remainder of the show is completely incon- inconsequential, Anna, and uninteresting because you know that nobody will die. So let's give an overview Boom. of that entire uh, the, that entire show. So. Yona, her father is killed, and of course you can't have a coup d'état with and leave people alive. Good word. Um, yes. So, of course Yona is then next to be killed, and I don't think Suwon really wants to kill well, he her. Didn't, he didn't yeah. want to kill her at all, but she witnessed the murder. So then he was like, you know, crap. Now I gotta kill her. Well, before I, he was just gonna marry her. Yeah, and I think, and I think he was also like, 
are you going to be cool with this? Because we can get married. And then she's like, I'm not going to be cool with this. He's, he's so evil. Um, and so, so she flees, and she flees with the help of Hawk, who's our other love triangle point. And... It, it, it well love becomes a love quad like quadrilateral and yeah, stuff as time goes on a love but octagon a love octagon but um hawk is yona's kind of bodyguard bodyguard basically yeah her father asked hawk to protect her with his life and hawk is the son hawk is a general and he's the son of one of the leaders of one of the sub kind of clans he's a he's a grandson quote unquote grandson he's not blood related but right. the the leader of the clan kind of adopted him to be his grandson yeah and yeah and so hawk is this like just badass like with a spear they call, they call him, him the thunder beast the thunder beast yeah because yeah, he strikes like lightning and uh you know so he's just this young super powerful kind of bishy. general bishy guy yeah definitely so so they flee and hawk takes her to, hawk takes yona to his kind of city and and while she's there uh there's this subplot where you see some of the tensions rising between the clans which really isn't important because it really isn't touched on that well after that and then hawk eventually says okay i have to kind of disown myself and then him and Yona go out into the world to find an oracle. And when they find the oracle, at, on the way to the oracle, the the fire, the fire, fire nation. The, yeah. Well, that's basically what it is. There's yeah. the wind nation, which Hawk is from. There's the fire nation. There's yeah. earth and uh, water as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's wind. Uh, no, we already said wind. Uh, wind is Hawk. So, God, so the this fire, story. the fire, the fire, the, the this other clan tries to catch them. They fall into a ravine. They assume Yona and Hawk die. But of course they didn't because they're totally okay. Because you can fall off a cliff oh, and yeah. it's cool. Yeah, they didn't um, die because they showed you them at the, alive at the end of the story in episode three. And so so then they find, Jesus. then they magically find the oracle in the room and when I, or the oracle in the woods. And when I say magically, I don't mean magically as in they used a magic power. I mean because it, plot. So they find the oracle, and the oracle tells Yona that she. No, does he? Does he? I forget. Does he actually tell her that she has the dragon in her? Yeah. Or, he, okay, well, yeah. he tells her about the story of the man who right. was the dragon, and there was four other or five other dragons or some crap like that. Yeah. And she has to go find them. And she has red hair, and of course, the red hair. She's this reincarnate of the dude, and so that kind of sets up the second half of the story this is a, a 24 episode show and the second half of the story is them going and finding the dragons it is a dragon of the week if you will so the first the first 12 dragon, episodes dragon. pump the dragon pump um, the dragon it's so rock the dragon don't, don't they say pump the dragon at one no really? no they never say that oh i thought they said it later <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> pump the dragon? Pump the dragon. Wow. That like, sounds... Pump it up. That's... Okay. Or, you know... Uh, God, you're a perv. I'm gonna go, <laughs> guys, BRB, going to go pump the uh -huh. dragon? Mm -hmm. So... So, anyways. So, the first kind of 12 episodes is the first three... Yona's, fa Yona's a happy princess. Yona's father dies. Yona escapes with Hawk. Then the next kind of five-ish is... Hawk going, getting to Hawk's home, finding out that he's going to be disowned, that he's going to mm -hmm. stay with Yona, that she's going to go find this oracle. And then the next kind of like four-ish is finding the oracle and finding out that she needs to find now, the dragons. Now, I feel, I feel like I've seen this show before. Mitsugi, does this sound familiar to you at all? Oh, you want to get into this right now? <laughs> 
No, I'm just kidding. You're going to get owned. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just joking. No, it's too late. Although, although I will say, and I, this is going to open up a can of worms. Here we go. I've seen... Jeez, you're so uninformed on this. No, on this hold area. on, hold on. No, I'm going go, to go, I'm I'm go balls out on can you. Can I finish my sentence? Okay. I am going to say that I have seen before a redheaded girl in a Chinese fantasy type world who is very weak at the beginning and through various circumstances has to go on an adventure and become strong at the end. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. To be a queen. So what show are you talking about? I, you know, I've seen it a couple of times. Um, I a think Fushigi Yugi. Fushigi Yugi. That was yeah. one. Oh, what was she- the other one that I saw that reminded me of that? Okay, so so basically, remember. before we started this podcast, Kazuo <laughs> told me that as soon as what, I walked what, into your condo, what, what were your words exactly? I was just that uh, I, I've the, some of the fundamental elements of the show I have seen before in um, Twelve Kingdoms. In Twelve Kingdoms, the fun. Now I'm not saying the show is anything like Twelve Kingdoms, obviously, but I'm saying some of those key elements that I mentioned already are the same as they are in Twelve Kingdoms. Now you're, you're referring to the character of. Yoko Nakajima in Twelve Kingdoms, right? Who has red hair? Yes. Who goes to the world of the Twelve Kingdoms, right? And finds out that she is—I don't want to spoil that show for everybody, right? But what you don't understand is that the Twelve Kingdoms is eight books, right? And Yoko—I'm not is, talking about the books. I'm talking about the show. The show, okay? F- the show is fifty—is forty-five episodes, right? And only about half of them even have Yoko in it, okay? And the show only covers a very small portion of the books. Can I can I cool. say something? Because we usually try to say like who would like this show, and I'm gonna say something, and I'm gonna upset Mitsugi. Oh boy, um, <laughs> I'm, bl- I'm blazing. Right <laughs> now. This is gonna get. Good. I'm, I am <laughs> blazing right now. But but let me let me finish my whole thought. Think about it like a rational human being, and and absorb what I say, and then judge me for it. I think. That Akatsuki no Yona, for someone who, if you were going to recommend this to someone or for someone who I would recommend it to, for most, it's a shoujo anime and a bishi anime mm-hmm. and a reverse harem anime. Yes. Mm-hmm. And those are the like the three fundamental elements of the show that you got to be down with. Yeah, there's some action. Yeah, there's some epic stuff going on. But those are the three fundamental elements that define the show. If you like those three things, it kind of has that with a... Fushigi Yugi esque feel, and from the perspective of the reverse harem, not of the being sucked into a different world, but from the perspective of the reverse harem and kind of gaining magical, like yeah. build your party. A, a thousand percent, yeah. I would compare it more to Fushigi Yugi. For the record, you but, guys are okay. I, I just said something nice. And well. then, and then the <laughs> only thing, the only thing that I was going to say with the Twelve Kingdoms is that it. The world, if you want to look at it from a perspective of the world, there are elements of that kind of Chinese mainland Asia world building. But in the same way that a lot of these other anime have it, like, uh, what was it, Saiyan Koku? Saiyan Koku Monogatari. Saiyan Koku Monogatari is another one who has it. So it's not... I wouldn't say this anime is like the Twelve Kingdoms because I did not it's, say that. No, no, no. I, I said it I, has I some fundamental elements that are similar. No, I'm just saying this so Mitsugi doesn't <laughs> find me and kill me in my sleep. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that this anime is like the Twelve Kingdoms, but I can. I can see a vibe that's strung through in that same genre that there's a lot of shows that fall into. It's. I mean, if you're gonna say it stops there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because is all right. So true or false? Akatsuki no Yona is a, is basically a romance. True. 
Do you know that that the Twelve Kingdoms has like two hundred characters in it, of which zero of them have have romantic feelings about anybody. All they do in that anime is suffer. I never compared based on plot. No, literally, I gave you the three elements that I thought were similar: red hair girl. She gets stronger. It's in a Chinese fantasy world. And I was just saying Chinese fantasy me. world. That's all I said. I'm blazing. Am right I now. wrong? I'm blazing. Am I wrong about those I'm three blazing. things? No. That's all I said. I'm blazing. You you get to you burn need it. you need another chocolate cinnamon dumpling. <laughs> that, Pass that over here. Takoyaki. That's what you need. Pass that over here. <laughs> okay, so a couple of things I really like about Akatsuki and Yona are one, I like Yona. I like the way she looks. And I like how she shows an interest in of her own accord, being a stronger person, like yeah. she, like she, it's not really a difficult thing for the writers to into to build into the show, but you know she, she puts a lot of effort into into into, into her archery, and she wants to be more than just this little sniveling girl who has to be dragged around and carried everywhere because she can't do anything on her own, and I really appreciated that. It's she does it in a very different way than some of the other shows we were just talking about. Where she has legitimate character development throughout the whole thing. I mean, she's never even half even. Uh, she doesn't even have an ounce of the badassness that Yoko does. But considering Yoko's like slaying hundreds of demons, can we can but, we all agree to stop comparing this to the Twelve Kingdoms? Can we? Can I, we? I'd can love we? to. You're the I'd one who's talking to. about Yoko yeah. right now. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> but I really like I really liked uh, Yona's appearance I th- and, and her and her general personality. I thought it was good. She had a couple really shining moments during the show. Which I thought was nice. I thought what the show did a very, very good job of throughout the show is Yona goes from this girl who's who's very happy. She goes from this very happy princess, safeguarded, um, close-minded, shut in, not shut in, um, but sheltered, sheltered. That's the word I'm looking for, sheltered girl. And she goes from that, and she's she's thrown out into the world, and she's the victim. And she's very much, I'm, I feel sorry for myself. I have nothing. I want to cry. I'm a burden to everyone. I can't do this, etc. Then she goes from that to, I need to survive. I just want to try to survive. Even if I never get my kingdom back, I, I just want to survive. Mm-hmm. And then as she starts to get these dragons around her and whatnot, and she starts to, to see more of the world, she sees the kingdom suffering and she sees people hurting that she never even knew were hurting. Like she sees places that would send things to the castle and stuff like that. And she never saw the place that the food was grown or, or, the, the people who mined the, the rocks or whatever the case may be. And so as she goes on, she sees kind of the depth of human suffering. And then right. and then she turns into a person of where I think she kind of ends with the show is whether or not I get my kingdom back, I need to help these people mm-hmm. is kind of. And I, and I think you see that at the very end. And, and I don't really I actually don't really think this is spoiler territory, but at the end of the Green Dragon's arc, people are saying thank you to Yona for something that she's done. And she almost says her name. She's like, well, actually my real name is, and she kind of pauses because she's been masquerading because she's a fugitive basically. She's a liar. And she's like, you know what? It doesn't matter because she's, it doesn't matter to her that she is the princess and that she's, she's trying to, she just wants to help these people. Mm That's good. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, uh, obviously I haven't seen the whole thing. I saw, the, like I said, the first eight episodes, and then I saw like the last two over, you know, here while we were getting ready for the podcast. 
But, um, I mean, you can definitely see a change in her character. Even in the first three episodes when they flash forward, you can see that, you know, she's become more confident. Uh, she's going in there to, uh, you know, do what needs to be done. And, and in the first episode, um, she's very, I guess, weak. You know, she's, yeah. as you said, she's sheltered. She's just princess who's had, you know, had been taking care of her entire life and never seen, you know, she's never wanted and anything. part of and part of it is too is her father and that's what I was kind of saying where you you start to to look at the king in a new light as the series progresses and you find out that that there is more things going on in the politics and that the king's pacifistic ways has led to the kingdom sacrificing certain things to the other countries and they're worried about being taken over and whatnot and and you see that that happen but in Yona specifically the king never let her carry a weapon and and or handle weapons that was something that he never wanted her doing and so it's a crisis of it's a crisis of conscience and a crisis of character for yona when she finally says i need to carry a weapon i need to protect myself i can't keep relying on people and and there's there's kind of an innocence lost there and i think i think if you watch this show what kept me liking this show was two things one i liked yona she's not a very I wouldn't call her a very original or super complex character. And and I think the the evolution that she goes through, while it's good, it's it's fairly simple to follow and understand and expect. But she's a very likable character. And then two, I'm a girl. And I loved all the Yona Hawk moments. I I am uh, Yona Hawk shipper. I there were you can, no, okay, well, uh, all right. Uh, 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 there were some, you can you can make that noise at me, but I'm gonna go down with this ship. There were in the first again only first eight episodes, but within those first eight episodes, and I will say I do I wanted them to have something, but in those first eight episodes they fell into those same old anime tropes of we're oh, about yeah. to kiss, but then something silly happens. Oh and yeah, we don't. no, it's it's bad, and, like, and it, ah, it's geez. it's bad, and that's what this show is. Yeah. But I just had feels for them. Oh yeah, I was just well, like, I, yeah, I really liked Hawk. I thought he was a really cool guy. He was very noble, you know, d- you know, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I would, I, I, I mean, I, I would like for them to have had some sort of relationship. But as far as the stuff that I saw, there was just all these moments where it was like almost, but no. So unfortunately, the, uh, I, I, well, I like the music in the show. The music is good. The, both, yes. both the theme songs are good. Yeah. The, the main theme of the anime gets. It gets rearranged a lot for you know over and over again. There's mm-hmm. multiple arrange- arrangements of the same. The theme. ending's very good too. It is, but unfortunately, the anime doesn't look very nice. No, it doesn't. The animation for a show that's about pretty boy bishies fro- frolicking around, it's it's kind of ugly. I mean, I mean, there's like the fight scenes in the show are are are, are, are horrific. There, the- there, there was a scene in the middle of the anime, like episode 15, where they had this battle inside of an arena. Which had the which had Suon fighting like a general from the from the Earth Nation or the Fire Nation, and this is the kind of action that this show's got. You have you have like five soldiers coming at the general. He slides by all of them, almost as if a still image sliding across the screen, and then they all just fall over. Yeah, that's the action. In yeah, the show. you it's see terrible. the you see the motion lines across the top and bottom of the screen. He makes one slashing mo- motion and then everybody falls down. Exactly. So <laughs> that's, 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 those are, that's every fight. <laughs> but I get that it's but I get that it's not really an action anime. It's 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 a romance shoujo anime. Mm. But at the same time, there's an awful lot of fighting, like swords and the presence oh, yeah. of violence and fighting is ever present in the show. So I sort of 
want there to be at least an effort made towards the fight scenes, some fight choreography at least. There, there are some moments where the animation looks a little more polished, but overall, like w- the thing that started to really bug me is I would, I would rather have a show be consistent then be really good at sometimes and really bad at other times. Maybe maybe that's just my personal feeling on this, but I would rather have a show look consistently yeah. mediocre than have some scenes that are really well animated or really well designed or the colors are really polished and have other scenes where, and they do this in Yona, where it's like flat still images, almost like comic manga. Well, like, they, I, I mean, I think they do that purposely. They change the, the, the kind of like... Usually it's during like funny scenes. They they'll, do. They'll change and they have like the bold outlining. It's very comic-y and stuff. They they do, but it's I, I get it. It's it's for the comedic aspect of it, and and they're leveraging that. But it's definitely it's definitely also to save some cash, oh, and yeah. they use it a lot. And I just mm, it it bugs me. I mean, I think overall though, the from what I saw the. Uh, changes in the animation weren't too jarring at least for me like um i mean there have definitely been shows where it is it stands out we are like wait what what just happened did they seriously just you know for 10 seconds have a still image and pan across it yeah but with this it's like you kind of come to expect a certain level of animation and it stays consistent without throughout the show as far as i've seen honestly the thing that really frustrated me with the animation and then this ties back into the story is this show is 24 episodes 24 yeah it's a full 24 it's 24 episodes and it was animated like it was going to be 50 Mm -hmm. and it needs to be 50 i think they (laughs) <laughs> it really I, does. I think that was their intention because not to get into spoilers, but from seeing the last couple episodes, they still have stuff to do. So well, I feel like it's meant to be fifty or fifty-six or something. I'll get in. I'll get into spoiler territory, but it's. I kind of agree with Mitsugi on this, where it's like a. Uh, it's sort of spoiler, but at the end of like the third or the fourth ep- fourth episode, you literally see the ending of the show. So it's not really like it's you brutal. know everyone who's going to yeah. be alive, you, and you they know they literally just cut to the end, and they're like, "Hey, yeah. oh, this is the, okay. This is okay. Cool. This is what we're working toward, and guys." We, and then we go back. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely brutal. Like, I I can't recall ever seeing an anime that at the end of an episode such as episode three, which is so early on. Not even, and they're not even using it. Like, there's not even a plot device where there's not a crystal ball. No, they just cut to yeah. it. No one can see into the future. Nothing like that. It's just randomly for five minutes at the end of episode three, they just say, "Oh, we're just gonna randomly show Yona coming back," as if you needed with to know. With the whole crew, with with the whole crew that that she gathers throughout the whole course of the show, as if as if on some corner, some kind of like an early 1990s RPG, they all come back, and it just totally destroys the show because you know exactly where it's going and yeah, how it's yeah. going. It's like I mean, but I just to, skip to the end. To be fair, in most anime you kind of know where it's going, you know, as yeah, a show you bad do. anime. It, you do and in I think plastic memories I know. I think Yona Yona's one of those in <laughs> <And> Lyrical Nanaha. <sighs> oh, in Lyrical Nanaha Vivid, I know they're going to the onsen to show each other their breasts. I mean, the second the second that the oracle says you need to go find the four dragons, you know she's going to go find the four dragons. Like there's never there's never a question and some of the dragons join up with her right away and some of them are like oh i'm i'm not gonna join you or i have to think about it or whatever but you know they're gonna join her but it's still like yeah. that th- well th- you know it because you see it already in well, episode but, three but they're that all was, there that was that was what i was gonna say is you don't know if in this season maybe maybe she'd never 
I was wondering if she was going to find the yellow dragon. And can I can I have a moment with this? Um, it's all yours. The yellow dragon? So oh, please have your moment. So finding the white dragon was kind of like an easy starter. The, the blue eyes white dragon? <laughs> oh, yeah, he does have blue eyes, actually. Does he really? He does. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> wow. I hope the creator of this eyes, loves Yu-Gi-Oh. Is there a red eyes black dragon? Ah, uh, no. Oh, I don't think so. Um so you find she finds the white dragon and that's kind of like an easy starter to propel the plot because the dragons can sense each other. And the white dragon comes from this clan that everyone knows the white dragon live there and they revere the legend. And he's just like, oh, it's my honor to go with you. And so he goes with her and then you get to the blue dragon, who's the next one. And he has some issues that he works through. Well, and, he's, he's, and that, he's, he's blue. He's, he's feeling blue. Yeah, he is, he's kind of blue. Um, and, and that's not a bad arc. And then you get to my favorite arc, not just because Jiha is one of my favorite bishies in the show, but um, the Green Dragons arc, I actually think is pretty good because in the Green Dragons arc, you have some action, you have pirates, you have human trafficking, you have... <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay. Well, you you have some things, and you have Yona does a lot you heard of growing. It here first, Chiaki loves <laughs> human trafficking. Oh, wait, wait, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I said I said from a story perspective, oh. there's there's some stuff happening in that, and and it's not just complete fluff. But then, at the end of that, that arc finishes. So the Green Dragon arc finishes, and she has the Green Dragon episode twenty three, and I'm looking at the the. Yeah, caught, like the episode yeah. count going you're like watching the clock you're like uh, we, ha- we have one more guys not a lot of time so, left. <laughs> so what i mean by not being sure i know she's gonna get the yellow dragon but my thought was that it the last episode would be introducing like almost like a cliffhanger of now we're going off to find the yellow dragon but there's this thing that's going to blah 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 right. and so they get this yellow dragon in one episode. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It takes him like seven episodes to get the green dragon. He just shows up. He's like, what's up? I'm in. Let's do yeah. it. What's up? Let's go. <laughs> so it's like, so they're cooking around a campfire. The yellow dragon is just like, hey, I sense the other dragons about and I'm hungry. I guess it's that time. Let's go on an adventure. And it's just like, <laughs> what? If I had to liken this. That to is like, they just, the writers if, are just like, uh, I wonder it. If Let's I had to liken this to the real world. It would be like if you go out to a restaurant and you're like, man, I could really use a best friend right now internally in your head. <laughs> and someone just comes up to your booth and sits down and is like, that person is probably me. Yeah. <laughs> it is like, <laughs> hey, I, would do. I need to. I, I, I saw you had some dinner rolls and some half eaten fried calamari. Let's be best friends. That's definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> so you're the yellow dragon. I'm, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, um, so one, one thing I will say about the show, as far as I've watched, is that the episodes for me, like, they went by pretty quick. Like, I was I was not, like, overly intrigued in them, but they, they, they kept busy enough to where, uh, you know, there's been shows that I've watched recently. Uh, <coughs> Yo, mush pedal. <laughs> where it just like dragged. Oh my god! And I was like, serious? oh my god, is this episode over yet? We're totally different but, people. But this show is just like, oh, okay, it's done. Next episode, click. So, so for me, Akatsuki no Yona doesn't have slow episodes. It, it it moves, it moves quickly enough. I don't feel like they take forever. But man, yo, Mushy Pedal, really? I, we discussed you, this did, already. Did in you our say review. that just to just to jab at me? The the show the <laughs> show felt slow for me when I got into the blue dragons arc 
I got a little bit into the Blue Dragon's arc and I wasn't feeling it and it just kind of felt like it was, oh God, we're going to have to find all the dragons and we're going to have to do this for all the dragons and blah, blah, blah. Um, dragon, dragon. Rock the dragon. Rock the dragon. Or, or what was it? Uh, nothing. Um, <laughs> and so... Fluff the dragon? Fluff the dragon. Um, and, and I liked, like I said, I liked Jiha's arc. I thought that was a very strong arc. But I just... The, the yellow dragon was such a sin. It was such a sin to me where it was just like, and plot, here's the last dragon. And and then it was like, there was no conclusion. The, the conclusion was, she has all the dragons and now we're going to yeah. show you that scene again that we showed you in episode three of her being badass without explaining where she is, who exactly she's fighting, what yeah. her strategy is for fighting them, where, where she's going next. What, like, no explanation yeah, on this. Yeah, it was literally she has all the dragons and then they cut f they jump I guess they jumped forward again to that same scene cuz yeah. cuz that did not happen right after when she got that yellow dragon. So it was like okay, I, I guess we're done. So to me the best part of of, of Akatsuki and Iona is the first 10 episodes. You have the you have her escaping from her her own city and her father being assassinated and frankly that's the best part of the whole show mm -hmm. in my opinion. And then you have the sort of journey to finding out what the quest is, you know, they travel to a couple of different places and then they arrive at, at a place that sets them on their sets them on the path that they're going to be on for the rest of the show, and that takes you up to about episode eight or so. But from that point on, the entire show is just hunting down each of the four dragons. Actually, really, it's just the f hunting down the, the first three dragons because, mm -hmm. as we said, the last one just pops up out of nowhere. But the problem there for me is it makes the show incredibly predictable because you know that they're just going to find a dragon. He's going to have a problem or a story. They're going to fix it. He's going to join them. They're going to move on. And it, and it really creates a show where you know what's going to happen eight episodes in advance. And that's, that's a huge problem for me as a viewer. Right. So, you know, when I got to the third dragon, the green one, to me, they might as well have just signed him on immediately, and we could have skipped... Like the yellow dragon? Yes. Or had them be together, and they're like, oh, we're bros, and they go... And they oh, there we go. Yeah, that would have been... that would A two-for-one would yeah. have been a good way to do that. And I'm not really sure what a better way is to do this, but, they, but the story itself kind of sets itself up for that classic RPG feel of... Like, for example, Lunar. Those people that have played Lunar know that you are Alex who goes and finds each of the four dragons so he can get a piece of armor from every dragon. So it's the same story. He finds armor, she finds bishies. Bam. <laughs> or, you have, or you have the four crystals in Final Fantasy. They're finding crystals. You know, it's the same thing. So I don't know how to make the story less predictable because this is something that's, that's happened dozens of times throughout like classic RPG-type things, which is kind of what this show has the feel of. But it really creates a show that just kind of flows in a, in a predictable motion. See, here's, here's my issue with it. And I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I didn't mind it being predictable. I don't mind a story that's a predictable story if it is a good story, if it is a satisfying story. And Akatsuki no Yona, and here's my, my, my biggest criticism with this, Akatsuki no Yona was not a satisfying show. And here's what I mean by that. You have... The romance element, which is her and whoever, well, let's just say her and Hawk, because that's really kind of the angle they set it up with, that the only person she's really going to be with is Hawk. There's some other things with the dragons, but even the dragons are kind of like, yeah, it's her and Hawk, whatever. Yeah, they don't even um, really go after it. So, 
so you have that, which never has a payoff. It never has a payoff in the show. There's no kiss. There's no I love you. There's no you might be the princess and you might want me to treat you like the princess, but I, I have feelings for you as a man, you know, whatever the case may be. There's no payoff there. There's no payoff in the predictability of the show because the payoff there would be, okay, yeah, we know she's going to get the dragons and then she's going to go and she's going to save the day. Now give us the satisfaction of watching her save the day. And you get that a little bit, like I said, in the Green Dragons arc, which is why I liked it, but you don't get it in the show. You're waiting the whole time for her to get these stupid dragons and go back and take back her kingdom and you don't have that. You still have things with Suwon left unresolved. They have a good scene right at the end that only serves to basically say, we're just going to leave things how they are now and address this later. There is no satisfaction in this show. And I'm sure there is in the manga. I've heard the manga is very good. And I think a lot of people's love for this show comes from the manga it's based off of. And the manga story is a lot farther along. But, but my problem is, is that they don't, give you anything it's just predictable but then they don't even reward you for it being predictable and give you the scene that you're waiting for which is her as i said writing back in and saying this is my kingdom yeah well they, obviously they need a second season so i have a couple i have a couple comments here so first of all i really hated that last scene with suon and, and and yona really i hated it because so because she's thinking about how he compliments her hair and oh here's your hairpin that's so expensive and oh you I love how beautiful the red is. And it's like so basically so basically we went from the beginning of the show where she was like oh my god he, I hate my she goes I hate my hair. Yeah. He says I love the color of your hair and even she confirms it with herself that she's so easy that she loves her hair as soon as he says he likes it. So you go from that girl to a girl who sees that same person kill, witnesses that person killing her father. And she's still then, gaga over him. Then we go through the whole, oh, she's growing and becoming stronger and training in archery. She puts an arrow in a dude, kills him, finally kills somebody. We get all this all of this propulsion forward with Yona. And then at the end of the show, she finds Suon. And what does she do? She's thinking about her hair again. No, she's not. Well, she does. She has a no! scene. No. Yes. She has a scene where she where she remembers how he's complimenting her hair right after that happens. It's just serving a scene of, of okay, here's why I liked that scene. Because okay. I got something very different from okay. you out of it. All right. The way that I watched that scene play out is she's had all this craziness happen to her. She's had all of this growth. She sees him, and the first thing is she is shell-shocked. She cannot move. She's so like, oh, my God, it's you. So she is shell-shocked. And then guards... He's not. Guards (laughs) are coming up. And he basically pulls her under, like, his cloak thing to to try to hide her. So that... Because he doesn't want the guards to kill her. So he's trying to save her. He doesn't really hate her. Yeah. So so he's he pulls her under like his cloak thing. But the second that the shock wears off, she goes for his sword to kill him. Yeah, that happens. Her first instinct, the second that it wears off of, here's this person who was my childhood friend, who I was gaga over, right. who killed my father, mm-hmm. and he's right here in front of me after all of the shit I've been through. Her initial reaction is, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, that definitely happens. I'm going to kill him. And and that, to me, that's what I liked about it. Now, granted, he prevents her from killing him. And she if she had killed him in that moment, it would have been a suicide death because mm-hmm. she basically would have done it with like these guards around. And if she was successful, she would have certainly been uh, killed. Nah, Hawk would have just come in at the last second and saved her. Okay, that's fair. Um, but then, so so I actually liked that scene because that moment of her going, that was character development. That was her saying... 
here's this guy I was gaga over and and all of this shit has happened to me and he killed my father and I am going to kill him. I don't care. I'm going to kill That's him. That's true, which makes you initial which made me at least initially think that, you know, she's that the romance is gone from that. But then she does have this but then there are there is a scene right after that where she's thinking about how, oh my God. He, well, she she this. breaks she breaks down after that because what she's remembering is she's remembering how like the childhood that they had together and how important this person was to her, and she collapses and loses it after that, like inconsolably loses it. And for and you see the scene in the rest of the day where she is just shell shocked and out of it. I I took a lo- I think I took a lot from that scene that you didn't, Mitsugi, because I thought that was a very well executed scene. The other, the other thing that um, I want to make a comment about is that Yona feels like, you know, there are some shows out there where it's pretty obvious, nobody will say it, but it's pretty obvious that the entire intention is to sell manga. And Yona could be a very good example of that if they don't make a second season. Yes. Because Akatsuki no Yona is a fairly well-known manga. And they basically left you dangling. Like, dangling as bad as any show has ever left someone dangling in this series. And it desperately needs a second season. And, I mean, this will be a show that when people ask us, mailbags, about what are shows that need to have a second season, this is one that we're going to mention. Yeah. I, so this is, a, this is a show that may be intended to sell manga. So I'm, I'm going to throw this that. out there. Um, talking about shows that leave you dangling and how you said that this, may, this leaves you dangling as much as any show has ever done. Uh, Berserk leaves you dangling. In, in a does. way, in oh, a yeah. way that is way more intense and and like, I mean, Berserk needs more or needs a second season or something. This show, yes, it leaves you dangling, but honestly, after watching the past last couple episodes here, it's, eh, you know, it's like you're not, you're not. Again, you already know how it's gonna end, so it's like you're not overly needy needing a second season. I I want a second season because, again, there was no satisfaction in the first season. And the second season, if they do it correctly, they've had the setup and the the second season should be the payoff. That being said, I don't think we're going to get a second season. I I think if they were going to give us one, it would have been announced. Mm -hmm. I think this anime was made to sell more of the manga and capitalize on the manga market. And they got their money. And I think they're done because I, I think you can see that just on the first three episodes of them teasering, you know, Yona's so badass. Go read the manga. Yeah. Like you want to know how she gets here and you don't want to wait for the next week's episode or the t- 24 episodes. We'll read the manga. It's all out now. And, and I, I really think that, that this show will not, it, I want it. I would watch it. I would be excited for it, but I don't think it's going to get another season. Yeah. I don't either. I don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Maybe down the road it might happen, but for now, I don't think so. I just don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So um, do we want to score the show at this point? I don't have much else to say about it. Honestly, this is a show that people will like if they like Bishonen. That's pretty much it. If you like Bishonen anime or... If you like Fushigi Yugi. I haven't seen Fushigi Yugi, so I'm not really sure. It's very... Fushigi Yugi is honestly like way similar to this show. I mean, I've seen probably half of it, um, but it's it's very very similar. So, yeah, if you like Fushigi Yugi, you'll like this. Yeah, it doesn't I, it's conclude. this is solidly average. I, I think it's average. Maybe it's dipping a little bit. 
No, I mean, I, you know what? After watching, after watching Nanoha Vivid right before it, <laughs> this anime looks incredible. It's so sad. I'm gonna give Akatsuki Yona a 2.5 hairpins out of five. 2.5 seems. I mean, I, again, I didn't watch the whole show, but I would. Go I'm for gonna give it a three. three. That's yeah. what I would think. I'm gonna give it a three. I mean, I, my my score doesn't count because I didn't maybe watch the whole thing, maybe but. maybe I was maybe I'm I'm putting a little bit of the girly feels into this one and and you can shun me for it. I don't know. I wish I could give it a two point seven five because a three sounds too high and a two point five sounds too low and I'm just like, but um, you know what? I'm gonna give it a two point five actually because and here's my reasoning for that. Here's my reasoning for that. I have the girly feels from this show, mm -hmm. but if you want a show that gives you the same girly feels, go watch Fushigi Yugi. Yeah. And I can't give it a three when there's a show that would fulfill the same type of wants that mm -hmm. this show does. Badass chick grows, become like builds a reverse harem, and et cetera. I can't give it a higher score or as yeah. good of a score as something that is finished. So. So there you go. It gets a Fushigi Yugi out of five. <laughs> no, so, all right. So Akatsuki no Yona gets a 2.5. It feels right. Or a Nitengo. Nitengo. It seemed, it's so sad because the show was, was definitely better than a 2.5 up until about the halfway mark. Yeah. From, again, from what I saw, I would have given it a three, but again, I didn't finish the show. I only yeah. watched the first eight episodes and the last two. It, so. As soon as the dragons come in, it just kills the show. It takes entirely too long to do that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. It just takes entirely too long. And it's so uninteresting. The blue dragon, I could not give a shit less. <laughs> I could not give even half a shit about his story. Not even the, not even the makings of a shit. <laughs> not even like a, a, a fart that might be a little bit wet. Not even like, the inkling of the beginning. Uh, not even the inkling that a shit may be in my future. Like, I don't, don't even, even give Not that. even a rumbly tummy. Not even a rumbly tummy. Wow. Not even that. That's amazing. Not even the food that leads to the, to the rumbly tumbly. <laughs> That's okay. Well... There you have it. That's our review of Akatsuki no Yona. Uh, hopefully that was informative for you. Um, but, you know, hey, give it a shot if it sounds like something you might be interested in. Uh, or if it actually, you know, if it sounds like something you might be interested in, watch for Shigi Yugi. There you go. We did you a favor. Um, that's going to be it for our show. The in-show weekly trivia question that we asked earlier, which was, what is the name of Hisoka's sticky superpower in Hunter x Hunter? The answer is the bungee hum. Bungee gum. Bungee gum. Why does it say hum? Because I made a typo. Ah, I see. Throwing me off here. You know I didn't watch that show. You can't. So you should watch it. Yeah. As right. a person who likes shonen shows, yeah. shonen fighting shows, you should watch. Uh, I'll definitely. I'm sure I will sure. at some point in the near future. If you can man up that, if you can man up to that 170 episodes or whatever, it's a long <sighs> That's run. That's rough. Yeah, well, yeah. Hisoka's cool. The bungee gum is a, is a is a neat is a very neat ability that he has in that in in Hunter X Hunter, and if, unfortunately, it didn't. It couldn't save him in our character battle. But um, May he rest in peace. Then again, Golan didn't make it either, so I guess no yeah. one really gives I a guess shit not about a lot of people Hunter. watched uh, Hunter x Hunter. I guess I'm not in a, you know. Anyways, okay, so that is it for the show. You can find us at aapodcast.com. You can jump on the forums. You can talk to us. You can talk to the listeners. Make friends. Have a good time. We're on iTunes. You can rate us on iTunes. Give us a five star review, and we will read it on the podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast on Twitter. Twitter.com slash AAA Podcast. Twitter.com slash Elise Kova. Twitter.com slash AAA Kazuo. Twitter.com slash Mitsugi Loves Moe. Just kidding. He doesn't have a Twitter. <laughs> oh, my God. Can, we brought someone make that. Can I just say that everybody should go check out our Patreon video? Yes. Because not only do you get to see Chiaki's panties. Yeah. And I mean, like, full up. But <laughs> I get but but you get to see me in the shower. 
Yes, and it who is both of that? those are truths. Actually, so, it's quite a thing. So of course, we broadcast live on our YouTube every Sunday at four o'clock EST. It's Eastern Standard Time, uh, which is nine o'clock. Which is GMT. nine o'clock GMT. Um, Facebook, or sorry, youtube.com slash C slash AA podcast. If you just search for AA podcast on YouTube, you'll find us. We got a bunch of shows up. Um, also, as Mitsugi said, check out our Patreon. We're doing a bunch of new stuff, creating a bunch of new content for you guys, uh, all because of what you've contributed to us through the Patreon. Go to patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash AA podcast. Uh, contribute what you can. You'll get. Um, awards. Fabulous rewards. You will win fabulous prizes. Not really prizes, but you, we have different tiers set up, so you'll get access to our after show, which we're about to do after we do this. You'll get hentai episodes. You'll get show notes. You'll get ringtones. You'll get all kinds of crazy. You can be a producer on the show. You can be a, a guest host on the show. But you know what I will reiterate? As thankful as we are to all of our Patreons and or patrons, patrons. and everyone, everyone who's supporting us, just the fact that you listen is yes. amazing support. Oh, so yeah. even if you can't give us anything, I, the, the people who can give us something just continue to, to flabbergast and astound me. But for those of you who never go to our Patreon page and don't contribute anything because you can't, because you won't, because you think it's BS, you know, whatever the case is, we still love you and we still want to bring you a great show and that will never change. I also forgot in that Patreon video, there is the goat simulator. You're not going to want to miss that. <laughs> it's the goat simulator. That we was, should talk about that on the after party today. That was an amazing uh, amazing <laughs> video that you guys put up. Um, so anyways, yes, of course, uh, if you can contribute, it's it's fantastic. We really appreciate it. If not, it's cool that you're even listening to us. How yeah. weird is this? We're sitting in a room talking to a camera about stuff we like, and people like you are listening and uh, taking part and communicating with us. It's insane. We are all up in hundreds of people's ears. Hey, hey, all up hey, in hey Kazuo. Ears. Yes. You goat to be kidding. You goat to be kidding me. <laughs> that was that was that was so bad. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. All right. Well, anyways, we're gonna sign off here, guys. Thank you so much for taking part in the show today. Um, and we will see you next week for another episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Go make some takoyaki. Peace. Peace.